Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. There's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, tonight, of course, as always, we have a packed show uh, with topics for tonight. Of course, I know you've been watching and listening to what's been going on with the wiretapping and Trump's tweet. Uh, this past weekend. Of course, there's been a lot of people on that, so we'll hear some audio uh, from that with uh, the different articles on the newspapers, uh, their New York Times and such, uh, that we hear from Mark Levin and what he uh, points out as the possibilities of what Trump has put out there as being true. Uh, so we'll be discussing that tonight. And we're also going to be discussing the health care law that the Republicans have put out that actually many conservatives are not uh, very happy with, including Rand Paul. And so we're going to talk about that and also talk about some of the similarities and differences of the two bills. Now, of course, I mean, of the Affordable Care Act and uh, the American Health Care Act, the Republicans put, put, put forth. I'm not quite uh, law yet. There's still a lot of work to be done, but uh, we'll discover more of that tonight. We're also going to have our guest on tonight, uh, one of our guests here, and that is going to be Mike Odioso. And, and Mike, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and kind of discussing, you know, what the local Republicans are doing uh, throughout the country, and namely here where the meeting he went. And I believe one of the folks over there uh, was Amy Murray, who uh, we had on our show a couple of weeks ago uh, to uh, discuss Sanctuary City. So let's go ahead and open up the Mike to Mike. <laughs> there was a pun there, folks. Uh, thank you very much, Mike, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? I'm great, Robert. How are you doing, brother? Great. I'm Happy fired New up. week to us and another Wednesday. Yeah, well, I'm just fired up after a great meeting tonight in Green Township, uh, Hamilton County, Ohio, uh, one of the most uh, powerful townships in the most powerful part of town when it comes to Republican conservative votes in Hamilton County, one of the most, if not the most. Um, it's uh, just a – we had a very, very big crowd tonight. Uh, I think that uh, the Republicans on the west side of town here are very energized by the victory of Donald uh, Trump and Mike Pence and also uh, very enthused about hopefully uh, getting a conservative agenda finally through and into law here in the United States. But, yeah, we're fired up. And uh, Amy Murray was our uh, speaker tonight, city council member. She was fantastic. She was uh, – she's really a, a beacon of, of hope and reason and logic on a city council that is increasingly becoming 
utterly emotional and at sometimes irrational in my opinion. So she basically uh, outlined uh, her her uh, her her uh, experience on, on city council, and she touched upon some of the most important issues, such as the uh, sanctuary city declaration of uh, the city and uh, the threat that that poses for uh, federal funding uh, for the city, and in fact could have an impact on uh, denying. Uh, uh, the uh, funding for the bridge, the brand new bridge that was at least the last time we checked number two on the uh, the list of of uh, budget items uh, for the uh, hopefully the infrastructure build that uh, President Trump is going to embark on the the new bridge across the Ohio River. She's concerned that the sanctuary city thing is going to bump them down to like 19 to uh, number 40. Besides the direct federal funds that are going to be a threat. And then she talked mm-hmm. uh, and also about she also talked about the um the uh, the the trolley I guess for want of a better word uh and the, how that is all progressing and uh she she basically also outlined uh her her plan to bring geographical uh regional um uh, representation back to the city by bringing back districts for voting districts you know uh so to mm-hmm. you know to spread out uh, you know, get a, a larger voice for different people living in different parts of the city. So she talks. She, she talks about that, and she she uh, answered questions. And it was just rather, you know, I I really do see her as a future candidate for county office. In particular, I, I could see she would be a very good candidate and a conservative candidate uh, for our Hamilton County commissioners. She did not bring that up. I'm just speculating on it. And I was mm-hmm. listening to her, and I and I actually saw somebody. On city council, and that's where we've had our county our county folks, you know, come from is from city council. Mm-hmm. And I think she would be a great candidate in the future. Monzel, for instance. Correct, Monzel, who's already on there. We've had others that mm-hmm. uh, use the uh, to, to run for. Of course, Shabbat ran for uh, Congress, but he was a city council member. Right. And, right. and uh, you know, and so he's been there for a long time now. I know he has, um, but. You know, uh, and I and I I am not one to concede uh, Hamilton County um, to uh, the Democrats uh, in in any way. I think that uh, it's it's what it is now. It's a competitive county, uh, more competitive than it's ever been. But I know a mm-hmm. lot of Republicans, and we want to we want to and conservatives, and we want to compete, and we are willing and ready to compete on the countywide level. So uh, you know, let's bring it on, man. Let's do it. Yeah, and, and you know, I was pretty excited uh, to have uh, Amy on the show. I really wish I could have made that tonight. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't even get uh, back around here till later. It was, it was about seven o'clock when I finally got uh, home this evening uh, before uh, doing show prep for this, uh, tonight. And I, I would have loved to have gone, but and you know, certainly would have had some, some live. You know, it would have been recorded, but you know what I mean. I could add some live uh, clips here for it. Uh, but right. yes, I mean, she is. She's kind of a, a bastard of conservatism on city council there in Cincinnati. Uh, and I think you know, that may even be uh, the, the case, for, well, not as much of the case for the county because you do have other conservatives there. Uh, but I mean, she's, I mean, she's up for real, you know, reelection uh, for the city. And I really hope she, uh, she makes it, as you pointed out, she, you know, is one of the, one of the lone uh, Republicans and lone conservatives there in the city in Cincinnati. And unfortunately, even a lot of Hamilton County is getting more and more, more and more liberal. Unfortunately, in Green Township is kind of a, 
in a way it's just a bastion of conservatism when it comes to, you know, the area for that. So uh, we also brought up, and of course it was too late, but uh, for her about running for mayor, but uh, she pointed out that you got to be practical and there's this, didn't think there was going to be a a chance of a, any type of Republican mayor for Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, she, uh, but what I, I've been to a lot of different political meetings before and community events, but she is really a natural in interactions with people and giving very direct mm-hmm. and very uh, concise and I won't say simple answers because she, people ask complex questions and she gives complex answers. She's, you know, but it's very, very uh, concise and very understandable. And actually, I was actually enlightened tonight. And uh, I, again, I've seen her in action before. And tonight, we had our, such a big crowd that um, I had to, at the end, I had to basically end it because pe- she was engaged in so many, uh, she engaged the crowd so well that, and I was getting concerned about, you know, it be, becoming late that I kind of, I didn't cut him off, but I, you know, I just kind of, kind of indicated it was over because we could have kept going. You know, we really could. And uh, so, and again, it was the first time we've had somebody on city council at the Green Township Republican Club in a long time, and it won't. And I think I'm reminded again that we should have one. You know, we should make this a regular feature. Can I talk about who we're going to have in the in the in the next couple of meetings with you, real quick? Yeah, certainly. Go ahead. W- the mic is okay, yours. Yeah, so, okay. Anyway, uh, next month, April 12th, uh, that's our regular meeting night. Uh, we're having Congressman Steve Shabbat to come here to the Green Township Republican Club that meets at Nathaniel Lodge Green, uh, um, uh, Nathaniel Lodge uh, in Green Township. And uh, the uh, we meet at 6.30. Uh, we have a social, and then we start the meetings at 7 o'clock. Anyway, uh, he's going to be there, and I thought it should be very interesting to see what happens. I heard your lead-in about uh, you know getting repeal and replace of Obamacare. I think that will be a rather interesting thing to talk to him about, among other things. And he's always open to, to answering questions. And then on May 24th, we're having a West, uh, West Side GOP dinner. Chris Monzel, Hamilton County Commissioner, speaking of which, uh, is going to be our speaker. And this is going to be a joint meeting of the Delhi and Colerain and Green Township Republican Clubs. And um, this will also be at, at, at our lodge. And then, uh, then on June 14th, we have uh, the, the uh, very, very interesting, engaging state rep, Bill Seitz. He's going to be our featured speaker. And we're actually going to have this meeting at the uh, Bicentennial Park, the old uh, Mart Shot childhood home at Bicentennial Park right off of Deal Road. Um, that's going to be a, a big event for us as well. And then we have a fall schedule, which we're working on getting some really dynamic um, in, in addition to what we are na- already named, but more dynamic uh, people to show up, and really looking forward to the fall slate as well. Now, now are all the meetings on Wednesday evenings? They tend to be on Wednesday evenings of the second Wednesday of the month. Our meeting in May is going to be actually um, a little bit later than usual, but the, we'll pick that back up uh, in the fall, it'll be in the second uh, the second Wednesday of each month. Again, we meet at 6:30 at the Nathaniel Green Lodge, and uh, it's a, it's a beautiful facility. And because uh, we really we've had some really good Republican leaders in Green Township for a long time, and frankly, going back to people, I mean, even before uh, uh, this current group, I mean, we Bill Seitz was a visionary. 
uh, along with others uh, on, on the Green Township trustees, who really laid us out a very good, healthy financial uh, situation. So while all the townships and local governments are suffering from the lack of local funding from the state, uh, and that could be another subject for another night, but uh, the uh, uh, the Green Township finances are, are really very good right now and into the future look very good because of some great pre-planning by people like Tony Upton and uh, you know Cheryl Winkler back in the day and also Bill Seitz and others who really laid the groundwork for really a making us in really good financial shape. So Green Township is growing. Uh, they made an announcement tonight about uh, some of the new lots that have just gone up for sale. These are big homes. Um, I think they're Dennis Ott homes. I think they made an announcement that uh, a slot of Dennis Ott homes that have already been sold and lots have been purchased. And we're talking, you know, in the $800,000 range, but we also have new housing going in, in less expensive numbers in new new housing in green townships so um and of course we got a dynamic harrison avenue area and um so we're doing really well and hopefully the west side townships can can you know come together and uh you know basically you know rejuvenate the the hamilton county republican conservative vote well i tell you what and you may uh be aware of this especially uh as a teacher as well and, you know, and on the west side, and, and this is kind of happening all over the country, is I'm sure you heard about uh, what's happening with Mercy High School. And yes. uh, there's, uh, yeah, I've been talking about closing the doors. Uh, I know that uh, my daughter goes to Mercy, and, and, and we're livid. <laughs> and we're going to try, you know, yeah. I mean, if that, if that building's empty, I really don't think that's, that would be a good thing for that surrounding area. I know there's already in the works, you know, people getting together to try to see if, you know, that, you know, they could save Mercy and, and still have it be, you know, a viable high school as it has been for the past 101 years uh, there and, you know, in that facility, in that building. Uh, but I just think that would be, you know, definitely at, at the detriment of the community uh, for, for Mercy High School to not be there uh, after the next uh, year and a half, 18 months. Well, hopefully that does resolve itself. Um, I, you know, that's uh Mothers of Mercy, uh, you know, really good operation uh, nationwide. Um, you know, the, the, I, I don't, I, I don't have any. I'm not privy to any uh, special information, but I know it's been very, very difficult. Uh, not only for the mothers of Mer- uh, mother of Mercy uh, alumni and students, but also uh, for the the uh, Macaulay students as well. It's difficult because they're losing their high school too. Um, it's going to be located at Macaulay, but it's also um, you know, difficult because it really will be a combined school. So, I mean, it, this is this is a big move. Uh, I it's just, uh, and I know that there's a lot of really good people that are upset, and I totally get it. Well, you know, and we'll we'll see. I mean, I know there was some talk in, about separating Mercy from the, you know, organization, you know, Sisters of Mercy. Uh, or Mothers of Mercy or whatever, you know, calling them. But there's there's been talk about separating from them and then perhaps finding a, a different organization, you know, for sponsorship, uh, not even maybe, I don't know if it be the Archdiocese or maybe even the Jesuits. Uh, that's something, uh, you know, to look at uh, certainly for, you know, you know those, those possibilities because, I mean, there's 
anyway, I've been, I've been in the meetings and I'll be, you know, going to more, I'm sure. I mean, and that's not, you know, the crux of our, our discussions tonight, but, you know, since you brought those up, uh, and as, you know, as you stated, you know, as I stated, you know, being a teacher. And so, you know, I mean, I know we, you know, we don't have a lot of time, but tonight you're welcome to stay as long as you, as you like. I mean, it is a, a three hour program, so you're welcome to stay. Uh, but, you know, two of the things we're, you know, we're talking about, if, if you feel comfortable, you know, chiming in on them, are, you know, two of our big topics is, you know, the, of course, I'm sure you're familiar with the tweet this weekend. And then, you know, the, you know, all the talk about that with the, you know, Obama wiretapping, it's called. And then, of course, the, you know, the Obama light, they're calling the that health care bill that the Republicans so far have out as Obamacare light. Uh, would you like to comment or would you feel be able to comment I, on either of those? Yeah, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll comment first on the, um, the, uh, the, what I thought was an absolutely great tweet, set of tweets uh, this weekend by President Trump. Now, I, w- I was the chair of the Hamilton County Trump-Hence campaign. So um, I just wanted your listeners to know that that's my background in this, and I'm still very much involved in um, in supporting Trump in Hamilton County and in the state of Ohio and his and his administration. So I think that's fair to point out. But uh, you know, I based on the history of the Obama administration as it relates to, for example, the IRS scandal and to mm-hmm. what yeah, right was, here in Cincinnati. Correct. And also uh, the treatment of Fox News correspondent, uh, is it Jim Rosen, I think it is, and James Rosen. Uh, and actually, I believe there was some perhaps tapping of his uh, world. But I, I know that there was some, some uh, you know, uh, surveillance of him. I honestly, I, I find that... Uh, it's just my opinion. I obviously don't know, but I, I find that President Trump is, is 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 barely likely to be completely correct about some form of surveillance that was going on, either through some kind of uh, misguided um, filing with the, um, the FISA court, or mm-hmm. uh, perhaps surreptitiously, uh, you know, in some kind of uh, rogue elements uh, contained in the Justice Department. And let's face it the FBI, and let's face it, the CIA and others and NSA. I mean, uh, I don't know, and there's really lots of good people in all these organizations. So I don't I – don't, this is not a blanket uh, condemnation or even a suspicion, but, I mean, I, I tend to think that there are some Obama uh, plants in these various uh, intelligence oh, agencies. Yeah. And I would think that uh, – given what we just learned from WikiLeaks uh, just two days ago or yesterday, that a lot of this information on how to surveil using all these different devices in our life has been disseminated outside of the CIA as they, I think, a misguided attempt to create their own NSA, by the way. Um, they, uh, But apparently, the uh, and again, more will be revealed. I, I don't know, but it appears at least some of that information <laughs> got out to the WikiLeaks, and WikiLeaks is representing mm. that this information on how to do this stuff has actually been sent out to different contractors and and basically implying that this has also gone out to organized crime, uh, crime uh, you know, entities and, oh, wow. and strangers. <laughs> I haven't heard that and yet. That was, yeah, well, that's it's in the headline of the uh, the WikiLeaks uh, brought, uh, just, uh, brought, um, news release. So if you just go back and look at it, 
you look down at the bottom, it's that that's their main their main thrust is that this information, the, these codes, have already been disseminated, have already leaked out, and that the person that received the that they received these leaks from was someone who's concerned that that's already out. So here's what's already out, and the idea was to disseminate it uh, and let the rest of the world know that, and apparently, most importantly, Americans. Presumably, of course, you know who knows exactly where they're getting it from. The whole thing is murky, but um, the bottom line is, you know, I think President Trump is, is was perfectly uh, well within his rights to make that assertion, and uh, I'm very proud because I think we have a fighter. We have a fighter in the White House. I, I don't know if mm-hmm. there's going to be any other Republican out there that would um, have the guts to uh, to go ahead and uh, make that tweet and uh, to follow it up and. Um, I, you know, in, in when he's when he's done things like this, you know, more times than not, he's been right and he's been vindicated. So I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's irrational. I don't think it's, I don't, I, you know, I think it's a reasonable conclusion on his part. Um, but he's basically so let's let's investigate it. So yeah, I hope they do investigate and find out if he or someone and he used the word wiretaps, but that's a, you know, that's an older term. But you know, some kind of form of surveillance. If if that's the case on a and during a general election, even before, but during a general election, where the party in power in the White House is using their mechanisms theoretically to uh, to to surveil the, uh, the the opposing party's candidate during the election, I mean, that that's big news, and that is something that I considered could quite possibly. Be unbelievably illegal. It could be. I mean, if it's a rogue element, it certainly is. And certainly, mm-hmm. the leaks that have come out, they they appear to me to be illegal. So right. Um, oh, they are. You mm-hmm. know, again. So I, you know, I don't know these things. You know, these are just from my vantage point as just a citizen here in Hamilton County. But honestly, the you know to, to characterize his statements as you know. Without being supported, bald statements. He's a liar. He's a liar. I mean, for God's sake, you know, we're we're done with that fake news meme, and you know, we're thinking for ourselves out here. You see, and the thing is, our eyes are now have been what Trump and this election, and all these other media sources now, these alternative media sources, and God bless them, uh, including uh, your efforts here tonight. But what they've done is they've, they've 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 opened up our eyes, haven't they? And this is this is middle America I'm talking about. They've opened up our eyes. I'll speak for myself. My eyes are now wide open. I can't go back to sleep even if I try. And and I and I don't want to because once my eyes have been wide open about fake news and propaganda and in many ways mind control, if you want to call it, or at least psychological operations run out of the mainstream media. Um, you know, it's great. Middle America's waking up, man. And uh we're thinking for ourselves and we elected Donald Trump, didn't we? Yeah, it's a good thing. And I mean and even since the you know, the beginning of the campaign, you know, I've been I've interviewed a lot of folks. You know, there's people out there at the rallies. Uh, I believe there was like four, maybe even five rallies here in Cincinnati. I think there was uh three or four during the campaign and then I know there was the one after the campaign. And I went to those and, you know, just interviewed folks. And I, I have some audio of some of those uh, here in my archives. 
And yeah, I mean, there, there was a, a, a one gentleman. It was forty something years old, forty six, I think. He'd never voted a day in his. He never voted ever in his life, and he just he came out. And there were so many people. Even a, and there was a gentleman in his, I think seventies, uh, who was you know voted for, of course, quite you know quite a long time, you know. And he said, "This is a movement," and and, and by gosh, it certainly was. Uh, and, and I think it certainly is, and, and people are uh, opening up. And I think a lot of Democrats. Or maybe who used to been like uh, Reagan Republicans and then went back to the Democrats, perhaps have come back uh, to Republicans or at least to Donald Trump, because you know the the liberals they just don't represent them any longer. It it, it, it's really it's it's not the old time Democratic Party that's really the problem here. It's it's this new Democratic progressive extreme leftist Alinsky. Uh, branch that is uh, radical. I mean, let's face it; these are radicals, and they and 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 you get a candidate like uh, you know Donald Trump comes out and basically says that our elected officials, our president, our Congress should represent the interests of the American citizen. That's basically what, in many ways, and and they they should do trade deals and write laws that benefit American. Citizens, and all of a sudden, that becomes radical in the mainstream media right. propaganda psyops. Now, give me a break! Really, that just to me, the spectrum shift has occurred, where the the Democratic Party's got hijacked by the, the, this radical left, and that basically it squeezed out the uh, the moderate Democrats, and they're like, well, we're done. We're done with the Democratic Party because – and again, it should be a primary responsibility of an elected official to represent the interests of citizens in their state and in their county, of course, but also in the United States of America. I don't – there's nothing radical with that. And again, this – Yeah, and I really like his – yeah, I really liked it in his speech. You know, he says, my job isn't – to represent the world, my job is to represent the United States of America. Bingo. And, you know, That's I think it. a lot of your leftists see themselves as citizens of the world and not citizens of the United States. Yeah, I, I know that's the case. And they were trying, and uh, they still are, but now they've been outed, they were trying to rob us of our sovereignty and turn us mm-hmm. into like some kind of vague subset of and I'll use the phrase "new world order," uh, global order, um, and, and frankly, this is nothing new in the world history. Um, when Americans formed the, really the first modern nation state, and our great founders came up with this organization, uh, it was again to there was already a global economy. It was mercantilism, and it was and it was in particular we were impacted here in the United in the America. By the uh, the mercantile system of King George the Third, you know, and it, it it had similarities to to today because you know you had tea from India being dumped on uh, American soil, and uh, you know undercutting our tea and our other you know agricultural products and then being taxed. So you know it, that was that was global economy back in then, and then we formed a nation state, and again the nation state. Has to still act within a global economy. No one's saying the global economy has to go away. It's it's not going anywhere. In fact, it's always been here. Rome, uh, right. ancient Rome, 
India and China, they had basically world trade in the entire old world. And so that wasn't new. And then after uh, the Napoleon was finally defeated and the French Revolution ended, the, the feudal lords of Europe established after the Congress of, through the Congress of Vienna a, a, basically a new European order of feudal states where they divided up Europe and said, we're not going to fight each other's wars against each other anymore. We're just going to sit back and we're going to snuff out any kind of Democratic or Republican small r whiff that tries to rise up. We're going to crunch it and we're going to have our feudal party and continue to, to be feudal elitists. And so that was a, that was a world um, kind of a political power. Well, guess what? Because they they suppressed so much the urges of of the people living within their feudal territories, that was one of the big biggest causes of World War One. So really, the European Union is not new. And I swear to God, they, they really remind me of the old feudal lords of Europe. You know, like the Bilderbergs could just as well be the Habsburgs, who are you know basically this this Austrian family. That was the number one feudal lords in all of Europe that orchestrated all this Congress of Vienna and basically suppressed what was eventually going to become the modern nation states. And again, uh, they delayed it in such an unnatural way. I think that was one of the great causes of World War One. So really, nothing's new here. I mean, and, and I submit that what, what Donald Trump did was to reassert the um, the Constitution as amended. In the, of, of the United States nation state is still the primary way for us to organize ourselves to protect our liberty, to engage in, in capitalism and really better free markets, not these global uh, massive trade deals that they don't even roll out for anyone to read. They hide them in the basement of Congress, and you have to have a super secret confidential code to go in and look at them. That's a bunch of bull. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know, so. Again, this this is nothing new, and and really, and, and with an that, and real, real quick, Mike, hold that. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike, real quick, hold that thought. But I do see it's uh, the bottom of the hour, and we're going to be getting into the uh, next segment of this hour. But first, uh, let's hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show; you're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.PatriotJournalist.com which Bard's Logic is a proud member. So let's go ahead and bring it back to our guest, Mike. Uh, sorry for that interruption, but uh, we do like to hear from our Patriot Journalist Network friends uh, at the bottom of our first hour. So let's go back to you, Susan. I do see you on the line. Uh, I will get you into the show. I do see others on the line as well. Uh, when you're ready to get in, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you in. And those out there, I see you in chat. Welcome, Cog. Welcome, Cindy. Uh, if you'd like to get in, just give us a call at 347 347- Nine four five seven four two eight, and we'll get you into the show. And uh, yes, I see uh, Newt is on Hannity and Cindy. I do have an audio clip from Newt uh, talking on uh, the show. I believe it was last night about the wiretappings. We are going to hear that audio later on this evening. 
And we're also going to talk about, yes, uh, the Obamacare, uh, as you put it there, Cindy, there in the chat. And so let's go ahead and bring it to our guest. As I said, sorry for the interruption, Mike, but uh, the mic is back to you. Well, you know, you have other people that obviously, uh, you know, have a lot of input and want to get in. So I, I guess I'll just wrap it up. I, I really, really appreciate your efforts uh, because this is the future of the future is now of media communication and these dinosaurs uh, and that's what they are they're, they're they're dinosaurs and they're dying but they're still very powerful and they're still very dangerous of so these mainstream media sources um mm-hmm. you know they they're uh it's gonna be it's people like you and it's listeners on this on this important channel that are really communicating like never before and you're getting alternative points of view, and it really makes all of us feel so much like we're just not alone anymore. And that, again, that's that's Donald Trump, and that was the movement. And it's much more than Donald; it's the movement. The movement is still moving, and uh, let's just all stick together. Realize that we're not alone. Our thoughts are are not isolated. We're not racist. We're we're we're, we're, we're not misogynists. You know, we're family. We're people. not Nazis. <laughs> We're not Nazis, absolutely not. I, you know, I'm a great believer in the Constitution, and there's a libertarian side to me, and I, I totally, you know, this is I, I believe in the Constitution, and I, this is not a Nazi movement. You know what? They're the fascists. If you really want to, if we want to throw names around, um, they're more likely to be defined technically as fascist than anybody on the Trump side. So anyway, with that, my accusation of of calling. The radical left in the United States, this radical leftist, uh, multinational, globalist, uh, new world order, uh, fascist. Well, that'll be for another discussion on how I can back that up. I'm out of here, buddy. I love you. Thanks (laughs) a lot, Robert. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming to the show. You're uh, always welcome back on. And, yeah, we definitely want to have those discussions and have those topics on the show as well. I really appreciate right, it. Right Hopefully I'll be able to get to some of those meetings uh, with you. Hey, it's all about freedom. It's about our liberty, and it's about our nation-state sovereignty, and that's what matters. And God above, that's the biggie, God above. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. And, uh, folks, uh, definitely that was uh, Mike Odioso, uh, uh becoming a friend of mine, and uh, it was great to have him on the show. So let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Uh, Susan, thank you very much. Uh, for coming to the show, how are you tonight? I was there. You I go. Hit <laughs> on Susan. I'm uh, tired and uh, in a horrible five or six days, but I'll live. Oh, um, I tell you what, it's been stressful. I, I found out last Thursday that they're they're talking about closing my daughter's school, which makes me very uh, upset. But be, not sorry. being the quitters that we are, we're going to uh, we're going to fight. And we're going to uh, see what we can do in being able to keep her school. We've got some time, but uh, boy, they're 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 really fighting against us, and it's it's just unbelievable uh, how they. I mean, these are Sisters of Mercy. I mean, this is a an organization of nuns who basically just said, "Well, well we're closing your school, and we uh, expect that your you know your your daughters to go to uh, you know another school." And so obviously wow. that's. Uh, something I'm not too happy about. Um, 
But well, you know, that's not what we're gonna you know talk about tonight. But but yeah, I'm 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 pretty upset about that. Uh, where you know they're just like, yeah, and they didn't. I mean, there was no commu- there was no community outreach because of course we're saying it's about money, uh, and there was no community outreach to see they have the community, you know, alumni or or, or, or you know current parents or or even the staff. Uh, there was no community outreach, and hey, you know, we need to raise this money. Uh, there was nothing like that, and then they just made the decision on high, uh, you know, to close the school and see if they, see if they can just send them all to their sister school. And I'm just like, you know, it's just it's a mess. And they didn't consult anyone, you know, just like they they made this decision on high. It's I think it's really done done bad, and and, and we're going to think of uh, perhaps ways that we can get out from underneath the uh, sisters of mercy and maybe be able to get the funds together, buy the school outright, and then since it is a religious school, uh, and I don't want to hear any jokes there, Kelly. I hear you out there. I'm just kidding, buddy. Um, <laughs> but they, through my understanding, you need some kind of sponsorship uh, for that. I'm thinking perhaps maybe even the Jesuits uh, would be interested to doing that. I mean, there's a, a Jesuit college uh, that's here locally that perhaps, you know, they'll think, well, you know, if we sponsor these folks, maybe that'll be something where they'd have uh, – you know, I don't know what they call them, a funnel school, or uh, um, that's not really what it's called, but there is a term for it. But anyway, go ahead, Susan. Ah, now about the wire Magnet school, that's what I think it's called. Go ahead. Um, you know, I don't like it, obviously. But, you know, this happened years ago. Barry Goldwater used to wake up every morning and say, Hi, Lyndon, how are you today? You know, it was happening even then. He knew he was being spied on. That's why he woke up and said that. They're spying on us through our TV. If you turn it off, it's still actually on monitoring your conversations. Everybody's spying on everybody about everything, apparently. So I think there's more. We need to know and be aware. And But right now there's a more important thing, I feel. Um Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell are planning to accuse anyone who opposes Ryan Care of blocking repeal when it's they who have uh, abandoned the repeal. Um, uh, it gave the list of uh, lawmakers to call in this email I got. Now, Ryan Care includes advanceable, refundable tax credits to buy insurance. It's a costly new entitlement that will result in the IRS writing checks to people who pay no income tax. Isn't that just peachy keen? Um, and this came from Ken, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, Cristinelli. Second, you remember him. He ran for governor in law. He was the attorney general of Virginia or wherever. Um, and uh, he, he puts out this conservative whatever thing. And he said to call the senators of Barrasso, Fisher, Corker, Wicker, Flake, and Heller, who are all Republicans, on their representatives. He listed Rothfuss, Marshall, Loudermilk, Mike Kelly, Grossman, Jason Lewis, Trent Kelly, Roger Williams, Mike Rogers, and Jason Chavez. I was really stunned with that. Sometimes he can get a little bit on the crazy side and you want to smack him upside the head. So it's Senate Conservatives' action. Now, when I was reading it, Rand Paul 
was this it? Oh, hi. I got to fix that here. I didn't turn it on. Well, uh, um, we're de- yeah, we're definitely gonna yeah, we're definitely gonna co- cover the Obama uh, the Obamacare house, Obamacare light. Well, I guess maybe we'll do things in a little uh, little different Ryan, order uh, than when I anticipated. But <laughs> Senator Rand Paul was physically denied the House GOP Obamacare bill, and I'll tell you what I saw his reaction. He is hot about that. They would not. Oh, he's, he's not. No, he's not happy at all. No, he is not. He demands a copy, and the staffer says she can't give him one. Oh, I'm sure he wanted to smack her upside the head. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Instead, he's, uh, quote, unquote, Rand Paul angered over secrecy surrounding GOP health care bill. And um, I don't blame him. When when your guy that was talking, he says, I don't know of anybody who would have the, uh, was it moxie, so to speak, of, Dealing with these kind of things, Rand Paul isn't afraid to take it to you. Uh, he's polite like his dad in a way, but he is not afraid. And I'll tell you what, this is a mess, and we need to call all these people. I, I know I called Raul Labrador. I knew he'd do the right thing anyway, but I called that idiot Mike Simpson from representative, <laughs> and I gave them probably over five minutes of hell, and I said, you know, he's rated at a 30%. Should he care to bring his rating up, he needs to vote on this and do the right thing. And um, I said, of course, can he do the right thing? Jesus, he's the kind of person who thinks that this is a democracy, not a republic. And she's like, I'll tell her. <laughs> she was just wanting to get me out of the way. And I said, furthermore, I haven't received any letters or emails from him in a long time. I said, I know other people who, when he, he gets mad at him, he does not communicate. He will, he cuts you out. And, uh, and in fact, my client today confirmed that. He said, he don't, he don't talk to me at all. He doesn't send me emails. He doesn't send me anything. And so I, I took it to him by telling him, you know, I know his reputation. Uh, today I got a letter. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, uh, you know, sometimes you got to just say, hey, I know who you are and I know what you're doing. And uh, sometimes they'll respond just because they don't want to, I don't know, you, you, you tell them who they are and what they're doing. And, and, and they don't always appreciate that, but they'll, they'll start responding then. So uh, I don't know. He's not on the list to call, but I did it anyway. Well, I've got here, and, and, and I've got an article here, you know, because it's not really a compare and contrast, uh, but it does kind of give you some of the differences and some of the similarities uh, of the, you know, the bill, at least as it is now. Uh, and, and and that's actually from CBS News, but, you know, I rarely ever look at them uh, for anything. But, there, I mean, there really didn't seem to be, and I read over the article already, and it doesn't seem to be, you know, any bias. It seems to be just all, you know, just factual information, at least at this point. Uh, and just an article, cbsnews.com. Uh, it's uh, the name of the article is uh, American Healthcare Act. Uh, what's in it for you? And it says now that the healthcare experts and consumer advocates have had a chance to review uh, a plan by the Republican lawmakers to replace Obamacare, answers to burning questions, especially from healthcare exchange members, are starting to take shape. The bill called the Amer- the bill called the American Healthcare Act 
is bound to change perhaps dramatically. For one thing, it is already being strongly criticized, and, and you're, you may mention of this, uh, Susan, uh, criticized by some yeah. Republicans in Congress as being too similar to Obamacare. And, and this, uh, this talk show host here and myself uh, kind of agree. Uh, but, and we'll, we'll go for it, and maybe I'll make commentary uh, as I do uh, while going through the article. So says, the plan also must run the usual legislative gauntlet. The House and Ways and Means and Energy and Commerce Committees – I find an interesting energy. But anyway, Commerce Committees are expected to take up the legislation this week and move the bill to full House perhaps as early as next week. Then it must head to the Senate, where more changes are likely to occur, yeah, I'd say. In short, and well, that's where maybe Rand Paul could get his hands on it. In short, the current proposal is unlikely to be the last word on replacing Obamacare. Republicans and the Trump administration are looking at a three-part strategy to appear and replace the Affordable Care Act. That would include this legislation, administrative actions, and possible follow-up measures. For now, however... The House bill eliminates tax penalties for the uninsured and replaces income-based government subsidies with refundable tax credits based on age. It also makes several changes to the ACA Medicaid expansion program. Read on further to look at what new legislation may mean for the health care consumers. It states, if you have pre-existing medical conditions, under the House plan, insurers would not be able to deny uh, coverage based on pre-existing conditions, and they must charge the same premium as they charge those without pre-existing conditions. Uh, what's more, like the ACA, the bill calls for no lifetime or annual limits on coverage. What is new, the bill requires insurers to charge a 30% increase in premiums for consumers who allow their health care coverage collapse. While this applies to all consumers, it could end up affecting more consumers who sign up for insurance once they have an accident or are diagnosed with an illness. And it says if you opt for no coverage, tax penalties for consumers who refuse to buy health insurance, the individual mandate, as is known under the Affordable Care Act, would disappear. Again, if you let your previous insurance policy lapse, you would be subject to a 30% surcharge for premiums when and if you decide to buy more coverage. If you buy coverage in the individual market, many of the standards that were mandated by the ACA, including those concerning maternity and preventative care, remain in the House bill. However, the measure eliminates the federal premium subsidies for low- and middle-income people, making insurance for many consumers more expensive. And of course, we'll have to look at that. But it says the bill would also eliminate the ACA subsidies for out-of-pocket expenses currently available to some people. And take notes, folks, because I know you're going to want to make some comments on each one of these. And I would like to make uh, some comments. Uh, you to make comments, and I want to make you know, I'll make some comments of my own. And so, anyway, it says and many of the standards that may, when. It, I don't want to be redundant. Okay. In place of the subsidies, the House bill provides for refundable tax credits ranging from 2000 for people below age 30 and 4000 for people over age 60, with an annual limit of 14000 The bill also expands the types of coverage eligible for tax credits 
which may translate into people using credits to pay for catastrophic or limited care plans. Tax credits would not be available for individuals with $75,000 or more in annual income and married couples with annual income above $150,000. According to the data from the Kaiser Family Foundation, a man in his 60s would qualify for more than $6,000 in ACA subsidies compared to the $4,000 in refundable tax credits. While the ACA, and that's the Affordable Care Act, limited the amount insurers could charge older customers to three times what they charge younger participants. The House bill would allow insurers to charge five times that amount. And states here, if you are part of Medicaid or the Medicaid Expansion Program, U.S. State, uh, U.S. states that opted for medical expansions under the ACA can stick with the expansion until 2020. I find that an interesting year. And that does include Ohio, so that, that keeps us in it. People who are enrolled at that time would continue to get coverage. New enrollees would not be accepted, and people who move out of the coverage because of an employment opportunity or other reason would not be able to return to expanded coverage. In addition, the House bill calls for Medicaid funding to move to a per capita basis. Instead of the current system of matching state Medicaid expenditures with federal funding one for one, the per capita formula sets up payments based on average costs for children, adults, seniors, and people with disabilities using 2016 medical costs and trending forward using medical consumer price index. Explained Michael Miller, a strategy policy director. At Community Catalyst, a healthcare advocacy group, medical health advocates worry this formula is flawed and could seriously reduce the number of people who receive Medicaid coverage. And it says if you are you are covered by your employer, which I believe that's a very large part of us, some large employers would no longer be required to offer health insurance under the House bill. It's unclear what ramifications this would have in the employer-based market and how many people how many people could lose coverage. In addition, the so-called Cadillac tax may be alive and well under the House bill, at least for the short term. In 2020, the Affordable Care Act was set to impose a 40% excise tax on employer plans that cost more than $10,200 for individuals and 27500 for families. The House bill would del- delay this tax until 2025. It says if you are eligible for health savings accounts, the amount you can save in these accounts would increase in 2018 to $6,550 for an individual and $13,100 for a family. If you are a planned parenthood client, this is under the bill that stands, the bill would prohibit federal Medicaid disbursements to Planned Parenthood critics for one year starting on the date the bill is enacted. So it's only going to be for one year? Does that, does that sound like that to you guys? Let me know when I'm done and I understand. And this is kind of funny, folks, but it says, yeah. if you are a, a lottery winner and we're not being facetious, a good number of pages of the House bill are devoted to denying Medicaid payments to lottery winners. That makes some sense, but may not 
the healthcare consumer's top priority. And so that kind of gives you some ideas what are currently in the bill. And so we, I've got Cindy Cog in the chat. I've got Susan already on the line wanting to chime in. And I've got some other folks on the line. Push the one on your number dial if you like to comment on any of that. But let's go ahead and get your thoughts uh, first, Susan, and then I may chime in with some of my own. Go ahead. Oh, well, what's there to say? I think you said a lot of it. Um, and I'm interested in seeing what, hearing what Cindy has to say first. If she's there. Well, Cindy, I got you in the chat, but she can call in at 347-945-7428. Oh, okay. uh, yes, we'd definitely like to hear from her. Go ahead. I, I didn't realize I thought she was in... And uh, on the phone. Oh, no, I got, no, I see, no, she's in the chat, but not as called in as of yet, but we have hopes. Uh, but what, here's some of my thoughts on it. And I, I don't, you know, it's definitely different. I want to hear more about uh, a couple things. But first, I want to deal with the, uh, I want to deal with the, the, the premium. No, I think that, yes, I think there shouldn't be for pre existing conditions. I think you shouldn't get turned down for that. However, it could, yeah. you know, I think that perhaps, it, but I think it, but what I don't agree with is I think that, you know, because of costs, maybe it should be where it is somewhat of a higher premium, kind of like what life insurance is for folks who, who are more of a risk. I mean, because, I mean, you know, if you have more of a risk, you, you, there's more of a chance of that cost, you know, being, and I'm not saying make it, you know, you know, exorbitant. I'm not saying it'd be an exorbitant difference, but I think it should be some higher, kind of like the way they rate life insurance. You know, if you, you know, when you got life insurance, you know, you can be rated and your premiums can be higher depending on what your current health is when you get that. Now, if, now in life insurance, if you get turned down, you can get declined. But for this, you know, I don't think you right. should be able, you should get declined, but because of the increased risk of cost, you know, that may be, you know, some type of higher uh, which of course actuarials we have to figure that out, you know, to, to make that that higher. I just I just think that should. And then one thing I didn't hear about is right now with Obamacare. I mean, you have you know 80 year old women who are paying, you know, or, or who are paying for paternity care, you know, or you know, or prenatal care. Well, or a natal care. I mean, what, why would an 80 year old have to pay for prenatal care? I mean, you know, I know technology is getting much better, but. I, I, yeah, I, I just don't see where they they would use now, that. Now, you know, Robert, just like me. I mean, I wouldn't expect them, I wouldn't expect them to give me to do prenatal care because I'm a guy. I mean, why would I why would I pay for something I can't get pregnant? If I would, I'd be on the on the news. <laughs> Easy, Rich. Uh, no, Sarah got pregnant probably in her 70s or 80s. So. <laughs> Two minutes? Oh, okay, Sarah, Sarah. You're talking about from the Bible. All right. Well. Yes, I well, am. you know what we. Ask well, you know what, and, and, and I'm, I'm being kind of facetious when I say this because you guys know how I am and, and, and my what I believe in. But there is that phrase, "Ask and you shall receive," and we ask to hear from Cindy, so let's receive it. So let's welcome oh, Cindy good. to the show. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Howdy, guys. How you doing? Long time no see. I know. Great to hear from you. Yeah. Well, um, what did um. Sue, exactly what um, part of this did you want me to comment on? I'll do that first before I say what I was going to say. Any and all. <laughs> oh, okay. Since we haven't well, heard from you. 
Okay. Well, well, first of all, on the on the Ryan healthcare thing. Um, yeah, I think good. we can be reassured. I, I left the show for just a little while um, and listened to Newt on Hannity. And well, Newt, you got to uh, Newt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to. Sorry, Robert. I mean, <laughs> oh no, I understand. I mean, I would, I would just go listen to oh. Newt. Oh, you put put Robert last. Okay, I see how you are. <laughs> you know how he is so optimistic, you know, and. And um, he always tells the the bad side and the good side, and um, I appreciate that. And tonight he gave me a little bit of hope. He said, look, don't even think about this as the final step. He said, this is just the first step. It's probably going to take about five steps to get Obamacare repealed and replaced, okay? Um, he said not to look at this as the final um, document, don't don't fear, but we do need to go ahead and call our senators, call our congressmen and uh, mm-hmm. our representatives and let them know that we are, because if, I mean, if we just let it lie, if the American people just let it lie and we don't do anything about it, then they may assume that, hey, we're just fine with this pro, this plan, you know. So what we need to do is make sure that we Call our uh, senators and, and uh, representative. Let them know this is not the plan we're looking for. And uh, um, <clears throat> I'm sending around. I have a friend that's uh, not a friend. This this was um, Senate conservatives led by uh, president of Senate conservatives is Ken Cuccinelli, and um, he sends he sends out these emails, you know, uh, updating on what's going on in the conservative wing of the Senate. And um, um, he said that uh, he, he sent out a list of all the, you know, senators and congressmen. Actually, he, he, you know, since he's in the Senate, it's just the senators. But um, it's very easy to find the number for your senators. Um, the Internet, if you know anything at all about how to Google, it's very easy to find your senators' uh, telephone numbers up there in Washington. Sometimes it's even better to call their offices here in their in your local area if you know your senator is home. Um, you know, like Congress is not in session for some reason and he's home. It's even best to try to come, go and visit him in person or call him on the phone or her, excuse me, or her. Um, but anyway, at the very least, call the offices. Emails. They get so many emails. Your email is going to get buried. Okay. No, that's it true. It may or may it may or may not be seen. I mean, you can do that too. Maybe the more emails they get on the subject, the more they will understand that this is fat. Okay. Maybe you should do both. Okay. But um, for sure, give them a call. It's a two o two number. You know, you just go online and find out what they are. They all start with two o two 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 five. And right. then you just need to find your own. Um, let's see. Um, what was I going to say? Okay. So anyway, that's that's about all I know. I, I don't think we even need to go into detail about that. It's very obvious that Ryan's plan would not be the right plan. We know that Ryan is a rhino, Ugh. and I wouldn't right. I wouldn't trust anything I wouldn't trust anything he brought up on the floor. Okay. 
I'm looking for something to but come Trump down. But Trump seems to support it. What's your thoughts on that? I hope not. I hope that there will be that. That's the reason I think there needs to be a firestorm of, of, um, of, of complaint against it, so that he knows he he Trump needs to get dive more in detail before he backs this this plan. Okay, it's there's some things wrong with it, and we need to go a little deeper. We need to cut deeper. People are calling it. Obamacare 2.0, uh, Obamacare Light. Obamacare Light. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all right. there's all these little um, you know nicknames for it, meaning that it's not that different from Obamacare, right? And if Trump doesn't know right. that, he better know it. If we need to tell him, then we need to go ahead and tell him. Um, I'm very surprised that he has offered any kind of support at all. And I think maybe, you know how politicians sort of offer support or, or lack support knowing that that bill is not going to pass anyway, so it makes them look good that they supported something, but they don't really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Like he knows the bill's not going to pass, but he wants to be seen as supporting a repeal bill. So he's he's letting it go, you know. He's giving it a free ride. But first of all, I've heard that it will be dead on arrival in the Senate. Um, Probably. Not really sure why. Well, yeah, I don't know how Rand Paul for one is not going to support it. <laughs> I, I would think that the Senate would support it more than the House would because the House is more conservative than the Senate. So, I mean, so I would think that the Senate would say, okay, this is fine. We like this bill. But anyway, I hope that. Americans will understand that we're getting the wool pulled over our eyes and um, they need to say no to this bill. You you got you have to start writing them. You have to start writing and you have to write from the point of view of someone who's been informed. Know what's in it, tell them what's wrong with it and and get on with it, you know. And it's all you have time for is just look, this is a bad bill. Don't pass it. Give us something that is truly uh, a replacement of Obamacare, not just Obamacare um, without the steroids, you know, that then, you know, forget it. We don't want that. We want the real deal. We want health care. We want health care um, <clears throat> we want healthcare, uh, uh, savings accounts. We want over, crossing the border um, insurance. We want to be able to buy, the, buy insurance from Montana if we want to. Um, right, we, no, we I agree with that. They need to put that in there. They've been talking about right. it. Why have they put it in there? That's, that's what surprised me. Uh, because, like I said, Robert, I don't think this is the bill that they intend to pass. And I and I I'm not really sure why they're putting it forward, other than to make the Democrats look really bad. Because the more they're going to put up several bills, and the Democrats are just going to fight against it, against it, against it, and then finally True. they'll say. Well, the Democrats aren't going to vote for anything, so we're just going to pass what we want on our own, which is what they did <laughs> that during the analysis, administration. <laughs> I think there's a lot of validity in that. Well, there, and that's what they did in the Obama administration. The Obama administration did the same thing. That that he had control of um, the the Congress. I mean, the the Senate. And gosh, wasn't he? Didn't he have the Congress for a couple of years too? I'm thinking he even had the Congress for a couple of years. I can't remember now. But anyway, 
um, basically his Congress passed that with all Democrat votes. Okay. Well, yeah, in the, and, in the first um, two years, I think you did. Right. And not a single Republican voted for that bill. We can do the same thing now. We do not want, we, we don't need any Democrat votes to, to, to replace Obamacare, to repeal it and then replace it. Okay. Now, repealing it and replacing it with something just as bad or just close to as bad isn't going to work. They know that. And so they will, but they're, they're going to say, well, you know, we, we gave the Democrats a lot of stuff here. We didn't change that much stuff, and yet they still didn't come on. They're just obstructionists. They're not going to pass. They're not going to vote for this bill no matter what. So we're just going to go, and we're going to do it the way we want to do it, and we're going to have uh, – we're going to get it passed with all Republican votes. Now, whether that's going to fly in the Senate, I don't know. All I know is they better hurry up and do it before the next election. Otherwise, there's going to be some Republican senators who thought they were going to get reelected, but they're not because they did not do what President Trump asked them to do. Watch well, what I wish they'd vote out uh, in a primary uh, McCain, let me tell you. And, and Susan uh, oh. put some phone numbers uh, up as well. And Susan, I, I, I've seen the uh, – not the article, but the letter. I'll be reading that shortly as well. Uh, but, yes, it's called the president. Phone numbers for comments is 202-456-1111. And the switchboard is 202-456-1414. Thank you, Susan. Go ahead, Cindy. And, John, as you see on the line, we'll get you in the show. Go ahead, Cindy. Well, okay. Now, um, that's enough. That's enough said. I don't think it's worth really talking that much about other than to just get the details as many details as you want um, to get before you actually write your congressman I wouldn't write my congressman I wouldn't excuse me I wouldn't call unless um, I had a few facts and details about it so that you know I could speak intelligently about it they don't necessarily like it when you just call and say I hate that bill don't pass it they don't really like that, and you're not going to get anywhere that way. If you have, if you have, if you give a good reason why you don't want it passed, name a couple of things that are in it that you don't like, things that are aren't in it that you really think we need. You know, that's the kind of um, messages they like to get when they're. When they agree with you, they do. <laughs> the Democrats don't want to hear that. But I got to call Bill Nelson, <laughs> yeah. you know, and he's a Democrat, and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother because he, you know, he, he's not gonna listen to me one way or the other, you know. Right. But when that's, you talk yeah, to that's you, true. GOP, and they're supposed to be your representative. <laughs> yeah, but when you talk to your GOP representatives, um, they need to know exactly how you feel, and they need to know that. You're going to be ticked off if they don't go where they need to go on this. We need something big time different, something that's not six feet tall. That, that's a that's a uh, that the paperwork on it is six feet tall. You know, we, we we don't need that. Give us a simple bill that's easy to understand. We know what's in it. There's not a bunch of hidden crap in there. Hidden taxes. Hidden this. Hidden that. Mm-hmm. I mean that's what Obamacare was earmarks. full of, right? We we Obamacare was full of stuff like that, 
and stuff that had nothing to do with health care was, mm-hmm. was in there. We've got to make sure that this bill is something that our, our listen to this, 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 this is going to kill you right here. This is going to kill you. Are you ready for this? We need to insist I'm ready for that. that they read the stupid bill. Okay? Oh, my how, gosh. How, are you kidding? Well, can you believe I just said that? Yeah. Can, can you can't believe do I just that. said that? Oh, the audacity. <laughs> the audacity um, that I should suggest that they read I, the damn I, bill. I've got a picture here where Trump is sitting with um, um, Paul Ryan on one side, Mitch McConnell on the other. And I said, whatever he does, these two will lead him down the primrose path to destruction. And he's a astute businessman who should be aware of who surrounds him. And so everyone goes, you can't hire or fire them, Susan. I said, well, I would send them on a long mission to some country who will take care of them, but good. And Stephen goes, Idaho? I said, no, Texas. Not like their countries anyway, but... Um, he, I said, I honestly wouldn't have a city next to me. Send them on a dangerous fact-finding mission. <laughs> I said, I would do <laughs> one way to get get there somewhere else. I mean, McCain goes over and this one goes there. But send those two away. Let's let's send them to the, the mountains of Columbia where the guerrilla warfare people are living. In. We need more information about those guerrillas out there. How about going there out there? There you go. Know. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow. yeah. Send them, send them to Venezuela, starving and eating animals and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and let me go ahead, Susan. Before I bring in uh, John, I'm going to read that letter that, uh, that that you have out here. I guess it's from Ken Cuccinelli. Uh, and this is the letter, and then we'll get you in, John. It says, uh, "Senate Conservative Fund, fellow conservatives." Since Republican leaders in Washington have promised to repeal Obamacare in the past four elections and voted to do so numerous times, but now they can fulfill their promise. They're planning to, I'm scrolling, (laughs) break their word. According to multiple media reports, the plan written by House Speaker Paul Ryan retains several parts of Obamacare, including Medicare expansion. This is not repealing Obamacare. (laughs) <laughs> They're calling it Ryan yeah. Care, right? That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Ryan Care also includes advanceable refundable it. tax credits to buy insurance, which is a costly new entitlement that will cost that will result in the IRS writing checks to people who pay no income taxes. Republicans campaigned on repeal and even sent it to a pro. President Obama's desk just one year ago. But now that the election is over, they're talking about fixing and repairing Obamacare with the liberal policies that they secretly supported all along. If Ryan Care moves forward, we will be stuck with aspects of Obamacare forever. It will be the ultimate betrayal. Conservatives must send Republicans a message, take action. Conservative lawmakers in the House and Senate are working to keep the promise to repeal Obamacare, but they need our support. Please contact the congressmen listed below and urge them to oppose Ryan Care. That's hilarious. And support full Obamacare repeal, which is what Republicans voted for and passed in 2015. Speaker Paul Ryan and Senate Majority Lynch, I mean Mitch 
McConnell, I said let's on purpose. Right? So anyway, uh, Mitch and McConnell, uh, who are playing to accuse anyone, and this is what I think you were pointing out to earlier, Susan, uh, are planning to accuse anyone who opposes Ryan Care of blocking repeal when it is they who have abandoned repeal in favor of more government-run health care. We can't let them get away with this. Also, please make a contribution to help us mobilize conservatives across. I hate when they do say, oh, my gosh, take action, and then give us money. I hate that. Just give us action and then <laughs> ask for money separately. Anyway, um, just like, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a petition I signed tonight, and in the petition it was like, and then donate to, no, do that separate. They'll say, hey, sign this petition. And I believe in the petition, obviously, because I signed it. And then, like, give us money. I'm like, damn, don't do that. But anyway, ask for money separately. Don't put it, try to put it in there because I think it just takes away from your petition. Anyway, uh, we have one yeah, chance okay. to reveal Obamacare, and we need to get it right. Obamacare cannot be fixed or repaired. It must be fully repealed. Thank you for staying engaged and for making your voice heard. And, of course, uh, girls, we are going to keep your mics open, but let's go ahead. From not the lone guy here. Robert. I'm just kidding. Uh, and also, kidding. girls, real quick, before I know, John, I've been teasing you that you're going to get in, but I'm going to get you in. But I do have one quick question for our two ladies. Did you celebrate, and if so, how did you celebrate the National Day of Women Day? I didn't even know it was National Women's Day. <laughs> I really did. I'm not, I'm I guess I didn't. Did you wear not only did I not, not only did I not celebrate it, I didn't even know it was there was one. <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to work, too. In, in, in solidarity with women, you weren't supposed to work today because you were supposed to show how oh. important you are by not showing up at work so that we can miss There's you at work. There's I no such thing. Housewives have to show up to work every day. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. <laughs> When's the National Men's Day? When do we get to take a day off? Anyway, I'm just kidding. But uh, That's Labor you know, day. National Men's Day. What color? You know, what would color would men wear? I mean, if you if women were, well, we're gonna wear purple. I don't know. We can't wear purple. That's. Mm, but um. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't wear it for black. A maybe I don't know. I mean, women. It was red for women. I can't imagine what it'd be for men. But let's go ahead. Maybe John's got uh maybe John's got some insight on that for a national men's day. <laughs> we'll call it aware. Uh thank you very much, John, hey, Robert. Uh, for coming to the show. What what do you think about a na- yeah. John, what do you think about a national men's day? <laughs> hey, if you want to have a national men's day, that's more power to you. I have no idea what that would mean. I mean, it makes you wonder. <laughs> is that, is that, it's it's the solidarity of men across the world. Yeah, but is that is that just a ploy for the women to be able to get rid of men from work all day so they wouldn't have to put up with them for a full day at work? <laughs> you know what? That Maybe. might be it. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Cindy, male strippers. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. we're not in large yeah. logic after no dark thanks. yet. No thanks. I, I don't really. I don't even really really enjoy. You know, I got that, a story so. I could tell, but it's gonna wait. I got a story I could tell, but it's gonna wait till Bard's Logic after dark. Go ahead, John. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Do you know what I conjure up in my mind when I think of male strippers? You won't believe this. Have you guys ever seen the Sandra Bullock movie where she forces her uh, assistant to marry her? So she's a Canadian. She forces her assistant yeah, to marry no, her. No. So, okay, you remember when they go to Alaska 
and and they're having a, a like a, a a party for the for her in in the bar, and they have that guy that comes and does the male stripping thing, and he's like this horrible, awful guy. I mean, he's he's fat and he's he's not sexy at all, but he's trying to act sexy, and I he's horrible. That's uh-huh. the only thing I can think of when I think of male strippers. No, my oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm sure you oh, can go on YouTube joking, and, really. and see the see the clip. It's horrible. <laughs> anyway, see, folks, you never thing. know what you're going to hear on Bard's Logic uh, political <laughs> talk, even when it's not Bard's Logic after dark. But you know what? Maybe we'll have some more fun with it. Uh, uh, talk about about strippers and uh, and that and that time. Uh, but anyways, I want to tell my story, but I want to wait to the appropriate time. But anyway, go ahead, John. What's your thoughts on our topic tonight before we get way off topic before <laughs> this time? Even though I am having fun with it, definitely. But uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, and bring it over to you, John. And then we'll and, and then we'll, we'll we'll get to it. I promise. We will talk about strippers later because that's a fun topic. So go ahead, John. <laughs> I I was noticing just going through the clicker. Um, checking on C-SPAN from time to time, and I bumped up on uh, Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy and Greg Walden and them talking about the Paul Ryan bill, but then, and I didn't catch all of it, and then I caught a part of the Freedom Caucus people with Jim Jordan and Rand Paul and all those guys talking about, talking about their, you know, replacement for Obamacare. So it kind of got me confused in the sense that Jim Jordan's got a bill that he's authoring through the Freedom Caucus, and then Rand Paul's got a bill that he's attaching to the Jim Jordan Freedom Caucus bill, and then Paul Ryan has a separate bill, and then in the Freedom Caucus conversation, they even um, referenced to a, a third bill from a different group. And I was going, okay, wait, how many different bills are out there? And so I wasn't for sure, and I was wondering if you guys knew. No, I know that. Well, I only heard of the Republicans and the Freedom Caucus. I didn't hear about the third one. There are several Maybe bills Maybe the third out one's there. just keep Obamacare. Yeah. You know? There's probably more bills than we can, than we can uh, know about. Take a stick at. All I know is can when I, I called today, I, I talked to Raul Labrador, and I said, Let me tell you where we're in trouble, and John, you'll probably agree with this too. This is where we're in trouble. You'll remember that this is a bill that is passed under budget reconciliation. It passes with a simple majority uh, in the Senate. And so um, it would really be very easy to pass because we have a a Republican majority in the Senate, right? And the same thing in the House. Uh, It can be passed very easily in the House. And this is is how Obama did it, right? The fact that a truly conservative bill um, is iffy whether it can get passed in the House and Senate tells us is it's, it, it, it's such a picture of the fact that we still have way too many rhinos in 
in the Senate and the and the House. Now I'll tell you, you know that for a fact because of who is the Speaker in the House and who is the Senate Majority Leader in um, and so That's true. the Senate uh, uh, President oh, in the uh, yeah in McConnell because McConnell is your Senate Leader and Ryan is your House Leader. You know for a fact that we still have way too many rhinos in there. And it may take another election to get to sweep some of them out of there and and be able to pass something. But the problem is, if Trump has not repealed and replaced Obamacare by this next election in, in, in 18, we could have big troubles holding on to our majorities because people will turn against the Republicans because they did not do what we sent them there to do, okay? Hopefully they'll be intelligent enough and informed enough that they will kick out the McConnells and the, um, and the uh, what's his name, Corker and those guys who are the rhinos. Hopefully they'll kick them out so that we can get other people in, we can get, you know, people like Matt Bevins and people like that who will actually do what they said they were going to do when they come in. That's Amen. that's our only hope. That's our only hope. Um, I, I don't know. I hope, you know, Newt is always so positive. He's always, you know, he's he's waiting for that good thing to happen. He's so optimistic. I just don't know if I'm that optimistic um, and whether we're going to be able to get that passed really the way we the way we want it so anyway that was my last comment on the health care and when you get around to it i i wanted to talk about the wiretapping thing but uh, you probably well, that's already actually gone in our, our, well no that's definitely that's in our next segment and i think that's a good segue uh cindy thank you and of course i will be playing an audio and i've got two of them in regards to this as well as some odds some articles. So let's go ahead and, and, and go at it. And I've got other, uh, I got an update uh, that I want to bring up uh, as well. And since uh, we got a few minutes for that, uh, let me go ahead and do that. Now, of course, as you recall, is that we, uh, some weeks ago, uh, were talking about the grab your wallet uh, campaign boycotting, uh, you know, Ivanka Trump's lines and, and things of that nature. Well, I heard a a, a awesome update on it, and let's go ahead and look to this quick audio, and then uh, I have a little bit of an article. I don't know. This audio kind of tells of it, Uh, but let's go ahead and listen here. Plus, liberals tried to stick it to Ivanka Trump by dumping her brand, but their boycott just backfired big time. The huge update that they're not going to like. That's coming up next. Liberals <coughs> tried protesting Ivanka Trump by dumping her fashion brand, but their boycott just backfired big time. The brand's president's telling uh, Refinery29 since the beginning of February, the company recorded some of the best performing weeks in their history. One website reportedly seeing a 346% sales jump. Soon after the inauguration, several stores like Nordstrom dropped Ivanka's line. The women have spoken. And remember when Senator Lindsey Graham made... And yes, that is an e-commerce aggregator list uh, that they're referring to that hails sales up 346% from January to February this year. 
So here they want to boycott. And, of course, we uh, had him out on the show uh, where we talked about people going ahead and <laughs> buying uh, Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump wear. And so perhaps, you know, we have people listening. And, well, they're, they're uh, according to that uh, list, and you know, perhaps we can do some more research and find out, uh, get some more numbers. <laughs> but it's tripled. Their sales have tripled in between January and in, in February. So that's awesome here. I think it's a great update. Uh, and, hey, grab your wallet. You can grab your anyway. Uh, again, not in Bard's logic after dark. Uh, but, yeah, so the next thing that we're going to be talking about tonight, folks, uh, is we're going to be talking about the Obama wiretapping. Now, of course, you're aware that this weekend uh, Donald Trump sent out a tweet uh, you know, saying Obama. Now, I'm sure he probably, and I can't speak for him, but I'm sure he probably meant the Obama administration uh, wiretapped him. Well, we've got two audios uh, that we're going to listen. The first one's going to be from uh, Newt Gingrich, uh, what he was, his thoughts are there. He makes a, especially listen to the very end of, you know, of his comments. He's, he's having a conversation uh, with Bill O'Reilly, uh, and that was a couple nights ago. Or maybe it was just even last night, but he had uh, some, you know, a comments w- with him. And then after that, we actually have a, a with Mark Levin, and he kind of puts out his evidence in, you know, showing that yes, this wiretapping you know, has happened, and it's actually revealed uh, by what we hear. It's actually revealed by uh, the drive-by, by the media, by the newspapers on uh about the wiretapping and we'll listen to that audio as well and of course we'll get our commentary and again i will be keeping the mics open uh for this so let's go ahead and of course you mute mics if you need to or you know we'll just be be quiet in the background if if, if that's good enough but let's go ahead and hear from newt gingrich on this in virginia newt gingrich who is not working for the trump administration he is a fox news contributor Where am I going wrong here, Mr. Speaker? Well, I think you're largely right, but I want to go back to your very first point, which is there apparently was uh, some kind of wiretapping or listening to the Russian ambassador and General Flynn. It was leaked, which is, by the way, a felony. And it's part of why you have this fury from uh, President Trump. Every time he turns around, he's faced with a bureaucracy in which last, during the campaign, 95% of the bureaucrats' money was given to Clinton, 97% at the Justice Department, 99% at the State Department. Uh, He is surrounded by people who wish to destroy his administration. They are leaking like crazy. President Obama made it easier to leak in January. Uh, and I think if you were Donald Trump, you'd be pretty furious. And you right. feel and, like, and, and, uh, I don't that think the there's anybody going to argue with that. All right? The facts are the facts. Based upon your government experience, will the two congressional committees investigating this, one Senate, one House, be able to find out who tapped the Russian ambassador in Flint? Will that become apparent fairly quickly? It will become apparent if they use their subpoena power and if Attorney General Sessions enforces that subpoena power. Well, he certainly But it's will. going to be a brawl. I mean, you know, because if you go back and look at Iran-Contra, which I lived through, or Watergate, which was before I came to Washington, eventually these committees can get through a lot of stuff. Because that's the key, but we, we deserve to know. That's the key, the whole, the whole case. Yeah. You have to find out who tapped Flynn and the Russian ambassador. 
You have to find out. You have to find out whether it was a legal and tap. Who else, and who else they were, by the way, who else they were tapping? Remember, you, you have this statement that there wasn't a FISA court approval, uh, according to uh, former director Clapper. of National Intelligence, Clapper. But if there wasn't, then who approved the tap that apparently right, picked that's up what I'm Clinton? saying. This whole so house of cards, everything falls down as soon as the congressional committees can find out who tapped the ambassador and right. Flynn, because Flynn was a, an American citizen. He, wasn't, he didn't hold a government position then, all right? So they would right. have had to have gotten a warrant in order to do it. And if they didn't, now, it's possible, I guess, Russian intelligence was tapping, maybe, in a foreign country, but we have to know that's almost an act of war if that happened. So I want everybody, the reason I'm doing I don't, this I don't think you, the Russian intelligence... I don't think the Russian intelligence tapped the Russian ambassador to leak it to the Washington no, Post. Well, you don't know. I mean, it's possible. And what I'm trying to do no here is be as fair as humanly possible. It, the speculation surrounding this Russian Trump campaign makes me sick, not because I'm a partisan, but because I'm a journalist. It makes me sick to hear every single day and read reports based on anonymous sources that go nowhere that are purely there to destroy the current president. Do you feel as strongly about it as I do? No, at least as strong. Look, the Washington Post's vicious assault on Attorney General Sessions the other night happened to come the day after Trump had had a great day, he delivered a great speech, and you read what they actually wrote. It is such well, tell garbage the audience what the vicious that assault it is an embarrassment. Was. What was it, the vicious well, assault? The, the, they have a headline that says, you know, Sessions met on two occasions with the Russian ambassador. One of the two occasions turns out to be a group of ambassadors at the convention as a group. The other happens to be a meeting by Sessions as a U.S. senator on the Armed Services Committee in his office with two senior staff people. We now have pictures of Nancy Pelosi with the Russian ambassador. Okay, but let's look at the policy So you felt that the Washington Post's reportage, this wasn't an editorial, Okay, was designed to hurt uh, Attorney General Sessions and, by extension, President Obama, uh, President Trump. It's part. It's, it's part of the ongoing war of the Post and the New York Times against the Trump administration. It has nothing to do with journalism. It is an open war and against then somebody who they wish to destroy. And on the cables and the network news. What they write, uh, it's picked that's up, right. and the speculation or the out of context. Um, reportage then becomes takes on a life of its own, and there and that's why Donald exactly. Trump is so angry. But he should not have said, unless he has proof, and maybe he does, that President Obama tapped Trump Tower. Correct? Well, I, I, that's right. He shouldn't have. But on the other hand, I don't know exactly what proof he has. Yeah, notice, he has though, proof. He has, yeah, I think you're going to cover this later on. Go ahead. That's right. But I, I know, notice you're going to cover later on. I think tonight. This whole issue at, I think, Middlebury College, yes. where this professor is under assault for even inviting somebody. All of this stuff is growing because the left is going crazy in response to Donald Trump winning. All right. But I, I would, I, if the president doesn't have at least strong circumstantial evidence that Trump Tower was tapped, he should correct the record because that, you know, one president lining up against another. No, you just, almost you, just proved it was, you just proved it was tapped. But, Bill, you proved yourself it was tapped. That's where, there that's were where taps. The, uh, General Flynn was. Interesting point. That's where General that's Flynn, where Flynn was. That's where Flynn was.
very interesting point. That's right. I knew there was a reason we had you on tonight. <laughs> Thanks for helping us out. And, and that's the last part that I, I mentioned, pay, you know, a special, a special attention to is that, yes, I mean, we already know that there was wiretapping of Flynn. Well, where was Flynn when there was the wiretapping was done? Well, Flynn was in the Trump Tower because <laughs> he was with Trump. So there you have it. The Trump Tower, as Obama, I mean, as Trump has said, was 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 top. Now, maybe not directly from Obama, but maybe some from the Obama administration. And we will hear that uh, full audio. It's about 12 minutes or so, not now, but we'll be listening to it shortly uh, with Levin and his evidence that he has, uh, that he's pointed out that indeed there has been wiretapping. And he gets that information from articles from the, from news sources that, let's just say, are not right-wing news sources. But, Cindy, I know you want to make comment on that, and so let's go ahead and bring it over to you first, and go ahead and share your thoughts with us. Who are you asking for? You, Cindy. Oh, well, I was going to let John talk first. John hasn't had a first opportunity to say anything. Oh, okay. Well, you, said, you, you mentioned you wanted to... Uh, you want to chime in on it? Well, we have plenty of time, but yeah, we could go well, bring it, it over about, you, John. It was no, I would. I just have something to read to you, and and you know what I think about Newt, and Newt, you know, Newt's the the smart man in the room, and he obviously right there told Bill, you know, Bill, Bill is so rhino, it's pathetic. I mean, I'm, I don't even know where to go with Bill. He's like, oh, now wait a minute, we got to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Doesn't matter that the evidence is right there, and he's like, oh yeah. Flynn was in the Trump yeah, Tower. Yeah, I think he tried to be too oh, fair. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point there, Newt. You know, like, what an idiot. You know, like, he was just made to look like an idiot, and he doesn't know what to do about it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, John. Well, um, I didn't catch enough of all that to understand that Newt was saying, or I should say that Mr. What is his, the secretary O'Reilly? guy? That, no, the guy that got oh. booted out from out of Boston. Oh, Flynn? Yeah, Flynn? Flynn. General Flynn? I mean, what, where's the evidence that says he was in Trump Tower? How did, I mean, do they have actual footage of yeah. him sitting in Trump yeah, Tower that was while he's saying those? No, wait, while he's saying the, those exact words? Because he could have been talking at a different time. Uh, somewhere else, and that's where they got <laughs> you the information. You sound like Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> no, the whole thing happened at Trump, Trump Tower. The whole thing that 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 but got him in trouble. Know, what I'm curious about: what proves that he was at Trump Tower when this when this supposed information was captured? You would have you 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 would have to ask you would have to ask those that are in the know about that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just know that. When when the whole thing went down, what they got the 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 what do you call it the surveillance that they got on him pictures and all that it was all in Trump Towers when it happened. Yeah, That's where he was. I mean, you know by you know by pictures, you know by pictures, you know by you know where he had the meeting and people were there. You know, so. But if I 
if I took a picture of you talking on the phone and then I narrated that picture saying she was talking to the president of Russia doing a backdoor so deal, John, where, that doesn't so mean So, John, where true. do you think he was? Where, where do you think he was? I don't know that it's actually true until I hear the actual tapes, and then that still doesn't prove where he was at to prove that the, the tap was at Trump Tower. They could have tapped him at his home talking to somebody if he actually was talking to somebody, but we haven't but heard that. That's not what they're saying, though. But that's not, not even what the, the that's not what the news people so are saying. Yeah, but they're just telling us that. How do we know this ain't a plant just to get us skeptical about a bunch of stuff so they can try to, you know, finagle some more well, um, reasons well, to obviously the Obviously, what they, that's exactly what they did do. They, they're trying to make it look like it was something that it wasn't, that it wasn't at all. In fact, you know, the, the two meetings that they claimed he had, which were at Trump Towers, they had – <clears throat> they had several people in the room, uh, several ambassadors in the room. And then what was the other thing? Um, I forget what the other uh, situation was. But we have also pictures of um, like half the Senate has met with Russian leaders. <laughs> well, so, I'm, I'm like, right. And I'm like, Cindy, as, a, as an individual, why does it matter whether he was meeting with all of the Russians in Russia or not? Because if you're not colluding to, uh, you know, do any insurrection on the federal government of the United States, which they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that that was his actual intent in some way by, you know, capturing actual audio of him actually saying that. Otherwise, it's just speculation because any one of us can talk to a Russian or a Chinese or North Korea or whoever we want to. Our government can't dictate who we talk to. Now, they have to figure out if they can get access to some actual recording content that actually has this, this gentleman or any of the officials saying, yeah, let's do a room deal like Mr. Obama told Putin, yeah, after the election, I'll have more flexibility to take care of it or whatever he was saying. Right. Now, that mm-hmm. exactly I, think was about the, I think it was about the missile shield. Mm-hmm. But well, here's the thing, John. Here's the thing. We take little parts and pieces and we don't look into the details or analyze it from a critical thinking standpoint enough, and we buy the hype that they're selling without actually qualifying or validating the truth of the situation. Well, the fact is he, he is a senator, and he, he does meet with foreign dignitaries and leaders. Okay? That's period. That I mean – for for them to make anything of that is ridiculous. The only thing they are making anything uh, of it about is because Sessions was on the Trump uh, campaign team. Okay, that's the only reason why they had anything that that they could say anything about it. But so have other people who were on Obama Obama's uh, campaign team too met with foreign. Now, if you want to know who's really in collusion with the Russians. You look at what Obama did about the Russians invading um, um, Crimea. Uh-huh. Is that Crimea? Yeah, the Crimean. I mean, you look at what they did. They got everything they wanted. Obama gave him everything he wanted. Every little uh, detail of what he wanted to do there, he was allowed to do. 
And Obama's making all this rat, so, saber rattling, like, don't you go over there. Don't you go over there. I'm going to draw a red line. You remember the red line over in Yeah, uh, like with Syria, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, we're going to draw a red line. It's all saber rattling. He never what intended to do anything to stop either people. He didn't want to stop the war in Syria. He didn't want to stop the the Russians invasion of of um I still can't think of the name of that country. Crimea. Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine. 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 It's a sovereign country. It's Ukraine. When they broke up the Soviet Union, Ukraine was its own country. And here they come back again. They've gone into Romania and parts of Romania and tried to do the same thing. And and as long as our American president allows them to do it, they're going to do it. And and all the the big hype about uh, Obama and and um, Putin being at odds and their enemies and uh, you know they hate each other and all that. That's a bunch of crap. That's a bunch of crap. They're best buddies. They're communists. Okay. They like each other. They plan behind the scenes. You know, we we, we all know that. You know? We, so we for us, that- for anybody to say that Donald Trump is going to get the Russians on his side when the Russians are sitting there scared to death of being of being uh, of having him for president, because now they're not going to get away with everything they want to get away with. Plus, we know Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton have some great ties to some very highly technical, proficient computer programmers and network people because they put in her special little, you know, server in a basement somewhere or whatnot. So these people don't have to be from the CIA that's leaking this stuff because any hacker or even just somebody that's not a hacker that just happens to be very technically savvy in how to deal with this technical stuff. All this stuff is made by man. A good private eye can do. A a good private eye can do what was done. Well, I mean, to me, it's like if if a man made any man can figure out how to get in, even if it's got a portal lock. Because if as long as you have to enter a password in order to get access to it. Anybody else that has very good technical capabilities can get into it, too, because in order when you push that button, it has to pass that password through the client and the um, uh, the client server and the file server in order for it to authenticate that password as valid before it will actually let you in. Well, that means that there's got to be a door for the password and, and your username to get through first. And let me go, and, and I think this, I wasn't going to read this article until later, but I, but, but, but I think but listen, this conversation is a good segue. Wait, 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 wait. Let, me, let me just say what, uh, something about that. That is sure, exactly, ahead, answer, um, John, that's exactly, John, what they have recently found out was that those, those accesses, those passwords and accesses were not only gained illegally, but now they're being disseminated illegally too. Not that they can't be changed, but the routes are all now available to, uh, and as Robert was saying earlier, even some, uh, and actually Newt said this on Hannity too, that um, they're, they're, they were given to um, uh, the mob, people in the mobs. No, it, people in the mobs. Uh, we're able to get stuff um, out of that now. Why they would want it, I don't. I don't know why they would want to be have access to the president's stuff. I, I don't know. 
That's because the hackers are gonna the hackers are gonna rule the world. That's the next fight. I guarantee you, yeah. everybody that's technically proficient either needs to get aligned with somebody who is technically proficient, or become technically proficient yourself. Because you're going to have to actually try to figure out how to secure your own data on other people's yeah. systems. Yeah. Look at the business of well, the uh, identity is, theft. It's identity well, theft. Well, I know. Well, no, no one would want to steal my identity right now. But uh, but anyway, so I do see there's only 15 minutes left of the live portion of the show. And what I mean by live is that if you're there on the chat or out there listening in the ether, then if you don't call in at 347-945-7428, you will not be able to to listen to the extended period of what you've heard us call lovingly Bard's Logic After Dark, where we do have a lot of fun. And and since we're going to be talking about strippers, we're probably going to be having even more fun. But anyway, um, uh, we'll continue, of course, uh, our discussion on that, uh, you know, on the wiretapping. We do, do have that audio. Uh, so if you'd like to be a part of that, at least to listen in, uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428 and push the one on your number dial and we'll get you into the show. Or if you just want to listen, uh, we appreciate you coming in as well. Uh, but if you can't, uh, you will be able to hear the remainder of the show by listening to the podcast you can find here on Blog Talk Radio or you can download it to your mobile devices uh, free on iTunes. Uh, so go ahead and uh, check that out. We do appreciate any time that you share uh, the show, either uh, on iTunes or your Blog Talk Radio uh, with your friends, whether uh, you share the link, uh, which would be great as well, uh, so they can uh, listen into our conversations. Perhaps they missed uh, some of the information that we got out as well. But as I said, uh, give us a call, 347-945-7428, uh, because if you don't, in the next 14 minutes, it will cut off your audio. And now, you know, as I said, I was going to play this, or not play, but uh, read this article earlier. But I think uh, the what yourself and uh, John John was talking about uh, there, Cindy. That I think that was a good segue. And then what we'll do is, well, I'll read this off, and then we'll get uh, Susan's take on it. And uh, anyone else you'd like uh, to chime in, uh, they'll push the one and the number down. We'll get them in. They can too. And this is actually from WesternJournalism.com, uh, which. Uh, as an article there, uh, and the title here is Limbaugh, WikiLeaks revelation that CIA mimics Russian hackers changes narrative. And it said there's a video, but I don't see a video. But anyway, uh, here's the article. And, and I heard part of this actually on, on, on Rush talking about it. It says, packed away in the thousands of documents released by WikiLeaks Tuesday was one that fascinated talk show host Rush Limbaugh because it links to the narrative of alleged connections between Russia and President Donald Trump's campaign. Folks, we are in the midst of dangerous t- – see, I'm telling you, Rush Limbaugh is listening to Bard's logic because I'm the one who calls people folks. But anyway, it says, folks, we are in the midst of dangerous times like you cannot believe, and Donald J. Trump is the target, he said. Limbaugh noted that in the document showing how the CIA hacks a vast array of electronic devices was evidence that the CIA, the CIA, and we'll read this again, CIA often mimics Russian hackers. Limbaugh noted that in the documents showing how the CIA hacks a vast array of electronic divided, devices was evidence that the CIA often mimics Russian hackers. By the way, in the WikiLeaks dump today, 
of thousands and thousands of documents from the CIA. Do you know what this included? A little program called Umbridge. That's U-M-B-R-A-G-E. What this program is, apparently the CIA has the ability to mimic Russian hackers. In other words, the CIA has the ability to hack anybody they want and to make it look like the Russians are doing it, he said. Isn't that interesting, given everything we've been told about this election? Okay, I guess that's the video. But anyway, uh, that this, about the election. The Russians hacked the election, that the Russians did this, and the Russians did that. So far, we don't have any evidence the Russians did anything. But we have all kinds of supposition that the American deep state is deeply involved in whatever sabotage is being conducted on the Trump administration, Limbaugh said. The evidence the Russians were involved, nobody's got it. Everybody runs around and talks about it as though it's a fait fait accompli, but there isn't any evidence, Limbaugh noted. Limbaugh said liberals and the media sought to manufacture a way to attack Trump. So I think because of everything that we're learning here, the danger that Donald Trump has faced ever since he won the election is greater than we ever known, he said. The establishment of this country, whatever you want to call it, the ruling class, hmm, well, I call it the political class, but anyway, is desperate. We're living in times and they never thought possible or didn't consider likely, and that is somebody from outside their group being president, being vice president, being secretary of state, being secretary of commerce, being attorney general. This kind of thing, this is such an assault, and it's got them in a state of panic. Limbaugh said that the claims of Russian connections to the Trump campaign were a pretext to have a never-ending investigation of Trump. Limbaugh suggests that a Trump supporter is behind the dump of CIA secrets. Now, it's going to take weeks or longer to understand all the implications of the data in the WikiLeaks CIA dump. But one matter is abundantly clear to me. Someone who really supports Trump is trying to counter what's happening to him, he said. Somebody who supports Trump somewhere in the deep state is trying to impede and impugn the integrity of all these investigations. Limbaugh noted that it is not just the CIA under attack from the leaks, but also the Obama administration. Most of what the WikiLeaks CIA release contains is what the CIA has been doing during the Obama years, specifically 2013 to 2016. And you you throw Trump's weekend tweet into this that Obama was hacking him, Limbaugh said. You look at Trump's weekend tweets, the CIA leak to WikiLeaks or the dump to WikiLeaks, about the CIA is even more and more curious. The timing is exquisite. Limbaugh said the Trump's claims about Obama now play into a narrative of CIA spying. This is absolutely beautiful the way this is playing out. It's a brilliant maneuver on Trump's part, whether he intended it to be or not, Limbaugh said. And the theory that I articulated was when everybody was saying, what the hell is Trump doing? Oh, my God, Obama tapped? I said, look what I think Trump's actually doing is saying, you guys want to lie about me, 
in your Russia stuff. Here's a taste of your own medicine. I'm just going to fire something right back at you. So he fires back that Obama is bugging him, that Obama bugged Trump Tower, and look what that has wrought. It's fascinating, Limbaugh said. What do you think? And there are some comments, and I don't really see those. But the part I find, of course, the most fascinating, and we'll bring it over uh, to you, Susan, is and, – and let me know if either of you guys have heard anything. And, again, folks, uh, now the audio is going to cut out in seven minutes if you don't call us at 347-945-7428. Uh, how, but it's a part – and we've, I've heard it before, and I think you guys may have as well – about the CIA having the capability of making it look like any type of hacking came from the Russians. What do you think, Susan? Well, I certainly know that Pelosi, I've seen the pictures, uh, she met with the Russians. There's been quite a few of them that have. And, well, Pelosi, I'm sure, has her own agenda. She just likes hugging men, <laughs> kissing them. Uh, <laughs> So she may have had oh, real quick, Susan. I can't believe I, remember, I can't believe I missed that. I missed that note. This note. I'm so sorry. That article I just read. You can find from the Bard's Logic Political Talk. dot com and go to the newsroom, the Bard's Logic newsroom, where you can find a link to that article, as well as many articles and videos and pictures on the Bard's Logic newsroom. To go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can see where you can get that article in the Bard's Logic newsroom. Uh, so check that out. Check that out and read that article again and see that video they have there, uh, as well as the other articles that are available there. So go ahead, Susan. Thank you for letting me get that uh, plug-in oh. <laughs> for the, uh, for the uh, website. Go ahead, Susan. I, you know, the list is in several women, and, you know, who knows if it's for fun and <clears throat> fun or if it was political, you know. I mean, I don't have any Russians propositioning me, but, you know. Um, I can barely hear you, Susan. You're really low. I, I said I haven't had any Russians propositioning me or the chance to meet any. It might be a lot of fun. I don't know. So. I mean, who knows what they were doing when they – it may have been political. It may have been something else. It may have been both. We don't know. Um, if they met with Pelosi, uh, let me tell you something. They should have been disappointed afterwards. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm mean, aren't I? <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say me. Just Wow. <laughs> She is, she is the Angela Merkel of Germany. They like their men. They like to uh, do these weird things, and then they have to live with the consequences afterwards. And uh, Angela Merkel, you know, spending her money, or the taxpayers' money, no doubt, uh, to send Muslims home. I mean, this is the kind of thing that Pelosi would do. So we know that you have these freaks that are doing stuff, so nothing would surprise me about what they do or don't do. And uh, I've got a thing from Minuteman News that said the Obama administration, 
invited the Russian ambassador to the uh, an event, and that's how Sessions met him. I mean, you meet people in different ways, and so I don't think it should be a big deal as long as it's not a secret secret. You know, our country has kept so many secrets from the people and lies that uh, meeting with someone out in the whatever, uh, uh, where was it that he was <coughs> invited? <coughs> it was an educational program for ambassadors invited by uh, the NS staff, and there were about 100 at the conference. <coughs> Sessions was the keynote speaker. So um, he could have met with them there, you know. It's a big deal. Global partners in diplomacy. You know. Uh, so there's no reason for Sessions to resign. He didn't actually, uh, I don't think, do anything wrong. Yeah, and they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, of course we, we've heard all oh, the this session should resign and all these uh, people should resign. Yeah, I mean, well, of course they, they're just trying to get you know as everyone's saying you know just just get rid of everybody that Trump's put in there. They want to have their own people in there, uh, you know. Frankly, exactly. They, and so, you, so like did you hear anything on that of uh, of you know that type of capability from the, of the CIA? The CIA is capable of anything. They were in part and parcel of the murder of John F. Kennedy. They they're capable of anything, and the FBI isn't much better because they're not backing Trump. And they were behind the Malheur refuge nest. They were part of it in Oregon. I don't trust either of those agencies, quite frankly. So, I I think the CIA is just totally evil. Maybe just me though. And, and what? And, yes, and Cindy, what do you think uh, on that? Uh, I mean, with, with, the, with these capabilities, you think that a uh, very good possibility that that is indeed what's happening? Have the, the what now? What? Uh, Cindy, I'll ask, ask you, Cindy, if she, I mean, what what her thoughts are on if she thinks that's you know you know a, a high possibility that that's what's really going on. Who are you asking that? Cindy. Oh, okay. That's what I thought I heard, but then the yeah, second you time you said it, I said Sue. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know what? This might be a good place to go ahead and read what I was going to read to you. Uh, you know about the the Hillsdale College. Uh, yes. What, honey? Hold on. What? Oh, uh, you know the um, Hillsdale College in Primus. Uh, letter that they send out. It's like a newsletter. It's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, um, I was talking to my daughter. Let me read you what he says. Um, This, I'm sorry, it's Herbert E. Meyer. He is the founder and president of Storm King Press. I don't know if y'all have ever heard that, but anyway, he served in the Reagan administration as a special assistant to the director of the CIA. He was also vice chairman of the CIA's National Intelligence Council. He's had a lot of uh, uh, awards and things like that. He's he's well known in the you know in the circles. 
of the CIA. But anyway, he reads, he says this. <clears throat> the performance of our country's intelligence service is the latest example of an issue exploding into the headlines and becoming a shouting match while failing to clarify anything about the issue itself. This explosion was ignited last fall by allegations that the Russians hacked into Hillary Clinton's campaign to help Donald Trump win the election. The blast radius expanded after the election when rumors surfaced that the Russians had deployed their nasty tactic of compromise to undermine President Trump's credibility by spreading rumors about his private behavior while in Moscow years ago. All this on top of failures that had already wreaked havoc on the CAA and our other intelligence agencies, uh, namely the 9-11 attacks, the mess over weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, the weird 2007 national intelligence estimate whose key judgment was that Iran had abandoned its its nuclear bomb program. Hang on, i got to turn the page here. Um, <laughs> all these things have kept the issue of our intelligence service in the headlines. But before addressing the question of why these failures have occurred, we need to define clearly the role and purpose of our country's intelligence service with a focus on how intelligence really works and when it's working properly. Just the word, just utter the word intelligence, and most people conjure up images of spies, secret satellites peering down on foreign cities and terrorist camps, and rooms full of young technocrats reading private emails and listening to private conversations. These images are accurate, but they reflect the tools and techniques of our intelligence service rather than its purpose. To understand its purpose, Think of a jumbo jet flying at night through turbulent skies, thunderclouds, lightning, other airplanes streaking in all directions and at all altitudes. To navigate through this, the pilot of his plane and crew rely on their radar, the instrument that paints a picture of their environment, enabling them to see what's going on around them and what lies ahead so they can chart a safe course. Radar doesn't tell the captain and his crew what to do, but it gives them accurate information they'll need to make good decisions. Our intelligence service is our nation's radar. It's supposed to provide the president and his national security team with an accurate picture of what's going on in the world and what's likely to happen in the days and months and years ahead. The assumption is that if the president and his team have this information, they can chart a safe course for our country. If they can see... The distant, fear, the distant future soon enough and clearly enough, and if they don't like what they see, they can take steps to change the future before it happens. Now, I'm going to stop there. It goes on, but basically the point is our information is being used in a completely, oh, my gosh, negative way against our own country. Okay, these attacks, these cyber attacks, these leaks, um, misuse of uh, CIA intelligence uh, to attack this person, attack that person. They're using it to attack uh, people through the IRS. 
Um, there's all kinds of ways that this information is being used against our own people, our own citizens of this country, against our own president, against our own uh, cabinet members, okay? You name it. This is supposed to protect our country against foreign invaders, foreign people who would want to hurt us, okay? And instead, it's being used in totally wrong uh, ways. This is the thing that we should be most concerned about, about this whole thing, is the fact that we're using this, it's the inside person who, you remember that um, um, the, the oath of, the oath that you take as a president, as a sheriff, the, a constitutional oath says that you're going to uphold the Constitution and protect it from enemies from without and from enemies within our country. We have a firestorm of people attacking from the inside. This has mm-hmm. got to stop. And if Congress does not act quickly to to deal with these new issues that arise because that arise because of technology. I mean, you look uh, 100 years ago, look 75 years ago, look 50 years ago, this was not possible, okay? What's going on today was not possible. Now that it's possible, we've got to address it in a legal sense. Our country had better start protecting itself against those that would har- uh, harm us Traitors from the inside. Traitors from the inside. That's basically, that is what they are. Not basically. It just flat is what they are. They're traitors. And and until we get this on the law books and, and Congress deals with this technological cyber war right here in the United States, then we are going to continue to have this kind of crap and these kind of problems. And I'll tell you another thing that we better start allowing. We better start allowing President of the United States to appoint his own people in his cabinet, his own people in his federal agencies, and wherever he has a, a um, and wherever he feels like he is vulnerable, and and that those people don't necessarily aren't necessarily loyal to him or the Republic of the United States, then they had better, he, he has to have the power to fire them, get rid of them. Right now, Trump needs to fire just about everybody that is in those federal agencies. These people that have been oh, yeah, my deeply gosh. embedded, deeply embedded in here for years and years, they've been here for decades, and they belong to the Democrats. They're bought and sold. They, they were sold themselves to the Democrats long ago, and they have remained loyal to them, and they don't plan on budging. And it's dangerous for us, and Congress had better deal with that even before repealing Obamacare to be done. We're in danger right now. Our our CIA is in danger right now. Uh, every Every honest... CIA agent is in danger because of the way things are right now. I wouldn't want to be 
uh, an undercover anything right now. So, I mean, I know they have people that are totally off the grid and, you know, they don't even have mm-hmm. documents, okay? But there are people who, there are there are records that they keep on people that um, can be, any of that can be broken into. And it probably has been broken into. And like, like um, the guy was saying on the radio today, uh, on uh, Hannity, that we we now have they the government of the United States now has the capability of storing every single com conversation, every single um, mm-hmm. thing that you post on Facebook, everything that you post on Twitter, everything that you post anywhere, any email that you send, any phone call that you make. Everything that we do to communicate with someone else can be uh, recorded and stored. Now, they give the excuse that, well, we can store it as long as we don't use it for anything. Well, all they have to do is get some guy from the ninth. Well, of course, all you got to do is get some horrible judge from the ninth circuit to to give you a a court order to uh, tap somebody or to, to get the information, to go in there and get that information, and you can get anything you want. So it, it, it's no protection for us that it's just sitting there stored. The, the fact that it's stored means we don't have our freedoms. We're being spied on by our own government. This is communism, okay? This is communism that our government can spy on us and record us. And and people just don't understand that. This has been going on in the Soviet Union way before the technology was available for it. Every neighbor that you lived near, everyone that you talked to was a potential snitch and would tell the government what you said against it. And they still have that today. I was in China for two weeks in 1989 it was the year that the Tiananmen Square thing happened. Anyway, we were there when that was going on, and we didn't even know wow. about it. They totally kept it. Nobody talked about it. Nobody said a word about it to us, okay? And that's the way they are. And they didn't talk about it within, with amongst each other that we knew of. Of course, we don't know Chinese, and we weren't around everybody that had any kind of a conversation. But I know that... Our 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 um our interpreter was a guy who wanted to defect and leave China. If he had known about it, he would have said something to us because he was a sympathizer with us. He was against his own government. He wanted out of there. In fact, since then, he has gotten out of China. So. I know that he would have said. Oh wow! Would he be able to call him into the show on his experience? I I tried already. I can't find him. I tried to find him back um, when we were having that thing about communism. I tried to find him. He's Mm -hmm. he's gone. That's right. He's he's incognito. You can't you can't find him. He's not going to be findable. But anyway, um, (laughs) but anyway. that he would have told us 
if this was going on, if he knew, if he had known about it. The, and the government keeps things quiet that they want quiet, but they let every neighbor, every family member know, if you give us information, we're going to reward you for it. They reward by giving you your own apartment, by giving you extra food rations, um, by giving you a method of, uh, a mode of, con- uh, of transportation. There's all kinds of things that they can do to reward people for telling on your neighbors. Now, basically, that's what's going on right here, right now. We're getting communist leaders in Washington spying on us, and they can they can use that uh, that information against us. That's bottom line, and if Congress doesn't solve that right now and get rid of it and get the CIA back to its original job, its function is to protect the United States from foreign invasion and foreign plots against us. That's what it's for. It's our radar to tell us when something is coming at us that it should not be coming at us. Okay, and right now it's being used against us inside. So that's that's my that's my uh, two cents on that wiretapping thing. I don't care what happened. I don't care who did it. All I know is it's 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 tearing this country apart, and it's it's being done on purpose. And I think that's a good uh, segue to because uh, we we've only got about forty five minutes and you know how uh, it goes. Uh, and just for those listening to the podcast uh, now, if you call in, just push the one on your number dial. If you call in uh, for the extended period, then we'll get get we'll get you into the show. Uh, so uh, that's something you know when you give us a call uh, to do here, uh, so to let me know that you want to get in. And so, because I've, I've seen a, a couple of people there where they, they did call in, but they just didn't uh, push the one on the number dial. I, I thought I said that when I earlier when you know asking the call, you know, about calling in for the extended period. Uh, perhaps it's not, but if you are listening in on, on the uh, podcast, as we stated uh, in the chat, I'll just uh, talk to some folks again. Just push that one on your number dial, and I'll have to bring that up uh, a little bit more as well. So let's go ahead and. Uh, play that just because folks missed it. Uh, here it is in the, its entirety. It's kind of a litany that uh, Mark Levin goes through, uh, detailing, uh, even showing, and you'll see how it is uh, the media bias, not bias, but hypocrisy and lies uh, about this whole wiretapping thing. But let's go ahead and, and hear this audio. The great one, Mark Levin, from his hidden bunker. Mark, thank you very much for joining us this morning. On your Thursday evening radio broadcast, you laid out a devastating case about executive overreach of the Obama administration, which many believe metamorphosized itself to tweets that President Trump sent out on Saturday morning accusing potential wiretapping in Trump Tower. Uh, We want to give you a case here this morning to lay out what you know, what you know about it, and the evidence you have for the potential executive overreach of the Obama administration. Well... Pleasure to be here. The evidence is overwhelming. This is not about President Trump's tweeting. This is about the Obama administration's spying. 
And the question isn't whether it's spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question is, who did they spy on? The extent of the spying. That is, the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates. And I want to walk you through this, the American people. Exhibit one. Exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street. Two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. This is spying. Uh, in October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Let me go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say, name Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm -hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now, Sources suggest that a FISA warrant was granted to look at the full content of emails and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, I know people are hung up with Trump's word wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? Exhibit 2, The Guardian, a well-known right-wing British paper. Here it is. Uh, Quote, the Guardian has learned the FBI applied for a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team suspected of irregular contacts with Russian officials. Keep in mind, this is during a presidential election. The sitting president, the incumbent party, is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign to some extent. The FISA court turned down the application asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit three, McClatchy, another well-known right-wing newspaper. Here they have the agencies. Headline, FBI, five other agencies, five other Obama administration agencies pro possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin uh, covertly aided presidential-elect Donald Trump. Two people familiar with the matter said the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and representatives of the Director of the National Intelligence. Are you telling me Barack Obama didn't know what was Mark, going on in the six go, agencies? As you hold go on, on, hold on, hold you, on. Okay, keep going. I'm not done. I need to make the case because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well-known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications part of inquiry into Trump associates January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Unit, the investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive, uh, conclusive evidence of wrongdoing. Listen to this. One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretap communications have been provided to the White House. This is the New York Times. Another right-wing outlet. Four. Another right-wing outlet. Let's yeah. continue. <laughs> New York Times again. NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications 
with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out the door? Well, March 1, Exhibit 6, Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election and about possible contacts between associates of President-elect Trump and Russians across the government. I'm not done. <laughs> Exhibit 7, New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions. Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the, uh, the uh, Russian ambassador. And so how do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But there's an awful lot of other activity. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post, March 2nd. U.S. investigators have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian officials during the time he was advising Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials mm -hmm. and Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in the spring and summer of 2016. This has been going on for a year well, Mark, now. As you do on your yeah. radio program, you lay out a devastating case based on public documents, as you point out, and not right-wing uh, sources, but mainstream left-stream sources. How confident are you that this, new, this investigation, which was on Russian, so-called Russian hacking, but now the White House says this morning will be broadened to looking into executive overreach, how confident well, are you they clear. will find something there? I don't know, but let me, they already found something. The issue isn't whether the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign or transition or certain of its surrogates. The issue is the extent of it. Mm -hmm. They went into court a second time. They were so aggressive. They waited four or five months. They go back in October, weeks before the general election. They narrow their request. All of a sudden, we have leaks coming out on Flynn. Then we have a, oh, a horrible meeting that took place between Sessions and so forth. And I'm telling you, as a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States in the Reagan administration, these are police state tactics. Now, what did Barack Obama know? He knew everything I just read to you apart, apart from one or two articles. You know how I know? It's in the newspapers. It's right there. So Barack Obama not only knew this, but he gets a daily intelligence briefing. And let me tell you something about daily intelligence briefings. If your attorney general and your FBI is going to the FISA court yep. to get a warrant to investigate aspects of an opposition party in the middle of a general election campaign, how much you want to bet the President of the United States knew that? I don't want Read to bet his you opinion. That. Uh, Mark, we've got to, we were about to hit a hard break. Is there any way you could stick around for one more minute and ask you one more question on this? That's fine. You got it. All right, more with Mark Levin on Fox & Friends right on the, around the corner. Still joining us live from Levin TV studio, former Chief of Staff to Attorney General Edwin Meese, constitutional lawyer and radio talk show host, the great one, Mark Levin. Mark, I've got to tell you, even just in the break, the re response has been overwhelming to the case that you laid out, which is devastating. And Abby and I were talking in the break about sort of where it goes from here, right, Abby? Yeah, and that is the question, because you laid out your case in this last block. You're very passionate about the evidence that you have. And, and as Pete said, we have so many people writing us in saying, thank you for speaking uh, your voice. They're right behind you on this. My question, though, how does this play out uh, in the media? How are they going to continue to cover this story? Let me first say, this is the case made by the New York Times, the Washington Post, McClatchy, and the rest of them. I just put it together as a former Justice Department official. And, a, and, and Donald Trump here is being attacked for what he tweeted. Donald Trump is the victim 
His campaign is the victim. His transition team is the victim. His surrogates are the victim. These are police state tactics. I am telling you this as a former chief of staff to an attorney general. If this had been done to Barack Obama, all hell would break loose. And it should. And Barack Obama's statement is pathetic. Let me just say this. Where does it go from here? They ought to release both FISA court applications where they sought the warrant. The one in the summer and the one in October. So we know exactly what they were doing. That's number one. Number two, Congress needs to see the daily presidential intelligence briefings over the past year or so. Those are the beginnings of a serious investigation. Number three, for the Republicans in Congress, you control the majority. If the Democrats do not want to assist, and they won't, because I'm starting to think Chuck Schumer and the others are participating in all this cover-up activity, then plow ahead without them. But this is important to the country. We cannot have a sitting presidential administration unleashing six federal agencies, intelligence and law enforcement. I don't mean the president personally sitting there and saying, you know what, Valerie, let's go get him. Obviously, the attorney general and the FBI were involved in this. This is how you get a FISA court application prepared and submitted. Do you, think, do you, think, uh, do you think former no. President Obama was involved in this? And if so, how much was he involved? I'm not Nostradamus here. I just think <laughs> that we ought to find out. But I, but I will tell you this. He's more involved than he says. I mean, it's his executive branch. It's his Justice Department. Mine's right. for the IRS. All of a sudden, the IRS is, is targeting American citizens. I don't know anything about it. Uh, we have reporters, including James Rose and the AP, where, where the Obama administration did more investigations of reporters than any administration in American history. They're quite capable of these things. But it doesn't matter. We want to know what took place. And there ought to be public hearings on this stuff, too. I agree with the Democrats. Let's get to the bottom of this. So join me. Join us. This is the public record. It's the newspaper of record, the New York Times. Let's go. Mark, there's another aspect of this. When you mentioned Chuck Schumer a moment ago, he's been trying to block as many Trump nominations as he can and slow the process. And we had Jay Christian Adams, a former Justice Department official you probably know well, on a couple of hours ago. And he was pointing to something very important here, which is now that Jeff Sessions has recused himself, the person in charge here is going to be a career uh, bureaucrat. There will be career bureaucrats. He said the swamp won because you have people inside justice, some maybe who have been trying to undermine President Trump, who are now in charge of this investigation. And the chances of Chuck Schumer and the Democrats in the Senate uh, you know, confirming the nomination of the deputy attorney general, a Trump loyalist, now seems nil. So they have seized control of this investigation, haven't they? They not only did that, they have squirreled their appointees into the bureaucracy, and they're buying more and more time to do that. Okay, then recess appoint a deputy attorney general. Hmm. Do that. Say, okay, I'm recessing appointing so-and-so as deputy attorney general of the United States. And then, because uh, Attorney General uh, Sessions recused himself from matters affecting the Russian investigation and so forth, Mm -hmm. then the deputy attorney general who is recessed appointed is the acting attorney general for the purposes of an investigation related to this. So Christian is right. He served the justice in the civil rights division. I'm right. I served as chief of staff. I know exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what's going on. And the administration needs to respond. Well, Mark, you laid out a devastating case. We know now why they call you the great one. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Levin, thanks for joining Fox and Friends this morning. We appreciate it. Good to see you. Okay, we're going to at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we've got about 20 minutes before I have to start taking closing comments. Unfortunately, we missed uh, 
Well, as soon as call got dropped, uh, she was trying to plug in some headphones, and I uh, pushed the uh, wrong button. <laughs> so, unfortunately, we lost it. Uh, she uh, is going to listen to the rest of the archive, uh, which is uh, you're out there listening to the podcast. Uh, definitely uh, share it out so other folks can listen to it as well, whether you are on the call uh, now or you like to uh, be on the call in later shows. Uh, but, yes, just definitely – uh, share out the link so uh, other people can uh, listen to these as well, just because they miss them. And of course, our great commentary with our panel and guests and, and audience members calling in uh, from there. And uh, so, Lily, if a, a, new, a new listener, uh, if you're listening to uh, the full podcast, I want to say welcome again to the show. And I was glad you're able to uh, listen, and we look forward to uh, seeing you again. And, Cindy, you know, uh, such well as the rest of us said, uh, She's wanting to hear the rest of the interview, and uh, she wants to know if she can find it on YouTube. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link, Cindy. <laughs> Let me see. I'll have to see if I can send her the link uh, for that. Uh, do that. So let's go ahead and get some comments here. Uh, let's see. From uh, you, John. And then uh, we do have some uh, folks on the line if you'd like to get in. Uh, just push the one on your number dial and get you into the show uh, if you're wanting to uh, you know, to listen to that. All right, not listen, <laughs> chime in. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, John. Well, that was very informative. And have you seen the shows on TV that they're promoting the APB and Hunted? I can't say that I have. Yeah, well, to me, a part of this is also is a soft propaganda scheme in order to soften people's ideas and thinking about the government using all this technology to monitor and surveil and track. And um, they, most people, Americans, don't think about the constitutional basis of whether this is right, because based on what we've heard, not only from the people that were speaking on the show, but as well as the roll-ins that you played, it sounds to me it's it's a blatant disregard for the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. So it's almost as, as if the elites are taking all of our tax dollars and using it, appropriating it to this technology so they can surveil and monitor us, but they don't allow you and I, the rest of us regular folk citizens, to use that technology to monitor them, though they work in our government, and we own this government, and we're supposed to be the overseers of this government in order to make sure it actually meets our needs because that's what it exists for. And you have these agencies that they, they keep expanding. You know, DHS wasn't here till what, 2003 or whenever it came in, and Brownie was in office at that point when they had the floods down in New Orleans, Louisiana area. And um, then they brought in the DHS, and all this stuff started really blooming. Well, if you think back to, I mean, even in the 70s, you had J. Edgar Hoover. He was using the sharpest, highest quality technology at the time in order to create 
all kinds of profiles and databases on with whatever technology he could at that point on all kinds of people so he could use it to blackmail people. And that's part of what I understand came out in the Frank Church Commission back in the 1970s whenever they were doing the investigations with the Watergate scandal. Because some of that stuff tied over, and we know Mrs. Clinton was a part of that lawyer group that um, was a part of that church, whatever it was called, commission, Frank Church Commission. And, but nowadays, with the higher quality technology, and now, like Cindy was saying, we have the Utah Data Center, and then we have the DHS, the DEA, the FBI, the CIA, all these organizations have their special organ, um, investor group that data mines and collects data. Even the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is collecting all your data on your financial records and banking transactions and stuff. Now, whether that gets actually directed to the Utah Data Center for its storage or not, I don't know. But the Utah Data Center becomes a one-stop shopping center for anybody that knows how to hack, whether you're around the world or whatnot. And people, I think most technology proficient people that know most, I mean, know decent amount of coding, you know, how computer code works and whatnot, <clears throat> binary code, assembly language, all that C++ stuff, well, they know that they can manipulate the data. Because they know, you know, there's keystroke logging, there's sniffing, there's snooping packet snoopers, and all these different kinds of malware and software packages that they can use in order to capture that data themselves. If, or they'll just figure out how to access it through some of these different organizations, or they'll go directly to the companies that are holding the information, like the banks or your whoever. I'm, I'm trying to think, maybe your uh, cable company, or I don't know what would be more important than your banking records or your medical records or your credit card records. And if they can't get it through the government at the one-stop shopping center at the Utah Data Center, they'll go to all the different companies. And I think there was a program a few years ago they called um, Shield Guard or Guard Shield or something like that. You can Google it. <clears throat> and it was where the government was trying to get businesses to partner with them in the data collection of all of the people that do business at their, you know, all the customers, consumers that do business at their companies or their point of sales or wherever their groups are. And so it's basically the corporations and the elite leaders and all of the trial lawyers and people that are in power that want to maintain that power using our tax dollars to fund all of these this stuff, and then they're grouping up together to try to convince small business owners and business owners to help them data collect, and, and we got Hitler all over again, but on steroids. So the Nazi, what's it they called it, the Stasi group that were doing all that into intelligence collecting and manipulations in the Germany with the Hitler and the Nazis. And I've seen a couple of talks, different people do little forums, seminar type workshops where they were talking about there was some of these 
technology nerds that were saying, hey, I did my research and wrote books on the Stasi, and our current government is more powerful, like the Stasi on steroids. And as far as Mrs. Uh, um, Cindy was saying about something to the effect that I think it was she was saying that uh, Trump or whoever's in power needs to be able to elect all their officials. Well, I kind of am kind of hesitant on that because as long as Adolf Hitler was able to establish all of his czars in positions and then those czars are able to continue to, you know, knock out the people below them, they get to usher in their communist party or in his case, the fascist party, I guess. But in America here, we have interloping insurrection taking place. So we need to have somebody vetting, extreme vetting, every candidate, because just like Hitler, he didn't get to be the leader of Germany because he was a bad guy from the get-go. He was actually a very nice guy to a whole lot of people, and that's how he kept getting pushed up in the ranks until he got to be the Fuhrer. And then he started appointing people in these czar positions, and then they started getting rid of the bad people and putting other people in position that they knew were loyal to their system of understanding and belief. And then that's you know, what we see that could be potential here in America if you have people able to appoint all their people without extreme vetting. So I'm kind of grateful that even though President Trump is right now having struggles trying to get his people appointed, I'm kind of grateful that there is some kind of check and balance in that system because, you know, Barack Obama seemingly did terrible damage. Well, I think the damage has been little by little since at least the 50s moving forward. The corporate globalists that want to you know, world govern all of society, they have been using their money and their power and their um, connections to technology and the Silicon Valley group and whatnot to make sure that people are being strategically placed in all of these different bureaucracies in order to maintain that control. And there's a whole lot to it that I don't even know, and I appreciate you bringing these things to light here, but even if you remember back when I first started coming on this show, I said about how the Samsung was using a third-party group where they you had to be careful about your TV because they could turn on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Using- yeah, they, I heard I heard something about that today actually. Yeah, I heard I yeah, heard something about that today really- that they have the technology in there. And well, I was wanting to get a Samsung TV, yeah. but I don't think I'm going to now. <laughs> well, I mean, we just have to be really careful. And, I mean, that's what I was trying to point out is, you know, even, I don't know, many months ago, whenever I first got on this show, that popped up and I shared it with everybody on this show. But now this just confirms and brings it up to date that this has been going on for a long time. It isn't just new. And there's a lot of players in the game. Because, I mean, think about it. we got 320 million people, and there's probably what? two or three million that actually govern our country when you account all of the different agencies. And just alone, if you look at the Booz Allen Hamilton group, which is one of the technology peoples that our government contracts with to have like Snowden. And matter of fact, let me remember, everybody check out hardensnowden.org. 
Snowden.org. But anyway, Booz Allen Hamilton, I think, was the company that he used to work for. Well, they have a number of different contractors like that that they contract with. And there's at least, a, from what I understand, a million or almost a million, 800-some-odd thousand, close to a million different people that have high security clearance to that kind of information in our data. Well, gee whiz, it don't take 1% of that many people that wants to do nefarious business. They just figure out how to store the stuff on a drive like Snowden did and take off with it somewhere else and use it for nefarious purposes. But I respect Snowden and Julian Assange because they're actually saying, hey, I don't want the nefarious stuff to happen. I'm bringing it out to the light in the public so that way you, the public, understand this the secrecy that your federal government is asking you to provide for them, they're using that as a cloak for their maliciousness against you. So when whistleblowers do that kind of thing, I'm happy because we have to protect ourselves from the nefarious people that get inside our government. And the people inside our government saying, oh, you got to give me all these security clearance for classified information. It's secret. You can't know about it. Well, then they can spread all kinds of rumors about Trump and everybody else because they say, if you and I say, well, show me the proof. Give me out here the actual content actually explaining. Where's the video showing that he was in the phone call at the exact time he's saying those words that he was where he's at and he was saying what he was saying? Oh, it's highly classified, secret. We can't tell you. You're just going to have to tr- trust us that this is um, factual information and it's not just hearsay rumor. Back to you. And I uh, do say, unfortunately, we only get about 19 minutes for the end of the show, and I need to take the last five of that. It's about 14 minutes uh, left, and and so and we still want to do some closing comments. But first, last week, uh, if you recall, uh, we had uh, a couple folks on here. We had one gentleman uh, named John on, another John, <laughs> not you, John, who talked about. You know, of course, we talked you know, after I played the audio uh, about the space per, uh, the space program. And, you know, how his thoughts are. And, you know, of course, we hear the mantra, but we can't afford it. You know, all we can't afford, we don't have the money to, we, we don't have the money to do that. And I've got a series, not, not that I have time to read them all tonight, but I do have a series of articles that I put out. And I did uh, actually send them to him and for David uh, to disseminate. Well, but I haven't heard from them back then. I don't know if they, they, they didn't like that. I, uh, you know, I, I countered something that, they, that, well, at least not David, but I mean, John put forth or what? I, I really haven't heard from uh, from them uh, since then because I, I thought we we're going to work on some projects for the show, but unfortunately they haven't re- been returning my calls or uh, even my messages on Facebook. So I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe it's because I, I, I sent these, but well, I did uh, set up a series of articles, and one of them is called called the O. The um, here's the name of the article. It's Investopedia dot com investopedia dot com and the name of the article is the ROI and that's return of investment of course space exploration and it says return on investment ROI is defined as a performance measure to evaluate the efficiency of an investment or to compare the efficiency of a number of different investments to calculate ROI the return of investment is divided by the cost of the investment while we can calculate the cost it is difficult to quantify the financial return of space exploration, rather than a dollar figure, the return of space exploration is better expressed in terms of how it has benefited humanity. And I actually do have uh, 
on another article. It's not this one. Uh, what, it, what, what the term return investment? I have actually been incorrect, uh, and at least with what I read in the other articles, where I said the return on investment is a six to one ratio. That means every uh, one or a one to six ratio, which means every dollar spent uh, contributes uh, six dollars uh, to the economy. And I was wrong in that. It's actually closer to seven to fourteen dollars. So every one dollar spent, I've got another article explaining that. It's more like seven to fourteen dollars uh, return on investment. But anyway, it says NASA spending. It says NASA spending has a tendency to overshadow NASA victories. Consider NASA's recent Curiosity mission. Now this is an article back from 2004, but it's still that's not that really that long ago in the, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and so it says in early August, the Mars Science Laboratory mission, part of NASA's Mars Exploration Program, has had a tremendous victory when it successfully landed the Curiosity rover on Mars. Over its 23-month mission, Curiosity will investigate whether conditions have been favorable for microbial life and for preserving clues in the rocks about possible past life. Despite what we have learned, we stand to learn from the missus, it has been viewed with much criticism because of the $2.5 billion price tag. In fact, much of the media's attention surrounding this momentous achievement has been centered on the spending. Uh, the $2.5 billion, while significant, averages out to about $312 million each year over its eight-year mission. That's about $1, $1, less than a cup of coffee, folks, unless you're going to McDonald's, so it's a cup of coffee, and this is in a year. $1 for every person in the United States. I think $1 per person in the United States isn't really a lot when we probably spend more than that on coffee in a day. Anyway, it says NASA's budget, which includes funding for science, exploration, aeronautics, space operations, space technology, education, cross-agency support, construction, and environmental compliance and restoration is the smallest budget of the major agencies in the federal government. NASA spending peaked with its final Gemini mission in 1966, three years before Apollo 11's Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon and said, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Since its birth in 1958, NASA's yearly outlay as a share of total U.S. federal outlay has consistently remained below 1%. Over the past five years, this figure has been closer to 0.5%. Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, astrophysicist and director of the Hayden Planetarium, once tweeted, the U.S. bank bailout exceeded the half-century lifetime of NASA bailout. So the bailouts that we had was worth 50 years worth of the budget for NASA. The benefits of space exploration. Tyson was asked, what has humanity gained from the billions of dollars that NASA has spent? His response revealed the challenge in quantifying the merits of space exploration. You imply that the question can be answered with a quote. That may be possible, but it took me a whole book, referring to 2012 Space Chronicles, facing the ultimate frontier, to address the question thoroughly, he said. 
There's no easy answer to succinctly and completely explain the many ways in which space exploration has benefited mankind, in addition to fulfilling our innate, innate desire to explore and understand our place in the universe, some of our most important technologies and scientific advancements have been inspired directly or indirectly by space technologies. Consider how your life and all our society has benefited from the following NASA-funded inventions. Aircraft collision avoidance systems, cordless power tools, corrosion-resistant coatings for bridges, digital imaging, ear thermometers, GPS, which is global positioning satellites, you know what GPS is, household water filters, hydroponic plant-grown systems, and plantable pacemakers, infrared handheld cameras, kidney dialysis machines, LASIK corrective eye surgery, memory foam mattresses, scratch-resistant sunglasses, safety grooving on pavements, Shoe and Souls, Virtual Reality, Weather Forecasting. Space exploration has expanded human knowledge and contributed to research in education, care, pollution control, rainforest protection, and transportation. These and many other NASA-inspired advancements have a profound effect on life on Earth by improving health, safety, comfort, and convenience. Entire industries have been built on space technology, including personal computers and natural resource mapping. As one of the nation's strongest industries and an employer of nearly 1 million Americans, and this is back in 2012, folks, the aeronautics industry uses NASA-developed technology on nearly all aircraft. Without NASA's motiv- uh, motivation to make discoveries and invent new technologies and its mission to explore space, many of these auxiliary benefits may have been years or decades away. They perhaps may have never been come to fruition. The bottom line, despite the fact that one cannot put a dollar figure on the benefits of space exploration, which I said someone has uh, done that in the next article we'll have it in, on the next show, in our little series I've got here, countless advances in science and technology can be attributed to the exploration of space. As Tyson says, if all technologies that were influenced by space innovations were removed from, removed from our homes, we would be in a nearly barren existence in a state of untenable technology poverty with bad eyesight to boot, while getting rained on without an umbrella because not knowing that satellite-informed weather forecasts for that day. We we are at the point in time of the show where we uh, won't have time for a commentary on that unless you want to make that commentary part of the final uh, comments. So each person has about two and a half minutes uh, before uh, for their final comments for uh, the, the show for tonight. And then, unfortunately, I would have to close out the show. So let's go ahead and start with you, John, and then we'll give you the final word, uh, Susan, uh, for the final comments, and then I will close out the show. Again, each person about two and a half minutes. Go ahead, John. Yeah, well, to me, I'm happy to to let you know that just within the last couple of days, uh, watching C-SPAN, the government actually funded NASA for $19.5 billion for you. However, 
I don't see enumerated power in the Constitution for our government to do banking and financing for special interests ent- entities because it's just not there. And it's like government-sanctioned embezzlement, theft, robbery. And if it was that great of a deal, they could just set up a crowdfunding site or a you know, trust account somewhere. There's all kinds of ways that they could have funded in the private sector if it was that great of a deal. But don't they use the power of the government in order to do these private partner deals to steal the tax dollars from the citizens in order to fund it so they can get socialism for the elite class where the if there is any problems, then they know the taxpayers are on the hook for it. But if there's any gains, it goes to the rich that are the partners in the private partner setup. That's what my biggest issue is about it. But I'm happy to see that all those things happen, but they could have happened without the government funding it. We're not going to – we can't delay it because we got to give uh, Susan her spot, you know, for her final comments. But would you say all the roads we have should be privatized? Should the highways be privatized? I'm always the one, um, Robert, that believes that we don't have government-sanctioned assault on your fellow man. So you go to vote by mutual assent in order to get a consensus that this is the direction that we want to go so we avoid debt. And we are actually able to find our own independence and our own happiness and safety because that's what the Declaration of, of you know independence was all about, but when you use the and we'll have to debate that another time. So we got to give we got to give Susan her. We, well, we got to we got to give her John. We got to give Susan her because we literally are running out of time. Uh, so I want to give Susan her her, her time uh, to finish up. It's amazing, you know, because it's we only have seven minutes left in the show totally, even probably a little less than that. So let's go ahead and go over uh, and you didn't answer the question, but anyway. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll go back and forth, I'm sure, John, but we can't now because we got to give Susan her uh, her last time for her closing comments. Go ahead, uh, Susan. Thank you. Um, I wanted to talk about the CIA hacking or spying or whatever. Um, they, uh, television, smartphones, and Internet-connected vehicles are all vulnerable to this. Um, vehicles are vulnerable to a remote hacker gaining control allowing nearly undetectable assassinations. So be careful when you're driving your car. There's a tool called the Weeping Angel, which attacks Samsung smart TVs. It places the target TV in a fake-off mode. The owner falsely believes the TV is off, but it's still on. In this fake-off mode, the TV operates as a bug, recording conversations in the room and sending them over the Internet to a covert CIA server. Wow, you must be bored, except when I talk about politics. Uh, I can't believe it. I mean, they're into everything. Um, He's hacking tools, you know. So I can see why this could be happening in Trump Tower or anywhere. Really all I just wanted to warn you all about this. Well, I tell you what, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was all for getting a, you know, Samsung smart TV, you know, because, I mean, I'll, you know, because I have it connect to my Samsung phone. I don't have a Samsung phone yet, but I'll think about it because I like the virtual reality thing. So I really wanted to get one for the virtual reality. But I thought, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to have, 
my phone and all my, you know, my TV be able to communicate and things of that nature. But the more I hear about it, the more I'm thinking, yeah, I'll still stick with that phone, but maybe not to the TV. Because I do not like the idea of a TV having the capability. Now, here's the thing. One thing I want to know and one thing I was going to look into, if you do get a – and unfortunately we don't have time for it now because I do have to get ready to close things out. But I do wonder if there's a way that if you can keep the TV from being connected uh, to the Internet uh, so that there's no way for – you can be recorded over the Internet. So I wonder if there's a way to uh, have it not connected. I don't know if that's even possible, especially with Wi-Fi. And, I mean, the Internet could be just built into the device where – the internet's on all the time uh, to the TV, and you just can't turn that off. Uh, but I do have to close things out. I want to thank everybody, of course, uh, for their contributions to tonight's show. I really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward. I'm still trying to uh, wait to try to get Matt Bevin on, but it'll probably be <clears throat> uh, towards the end of the month, uh, you know, according to uh, his press secretary. And so, and, the, and Susan, I'm going to be straight with you. I still haven't had the opportunity to call that sheriff, especially when I've had all these things going on with my daughter's school. Uh, and that's another thing uh, to put on my, my plate is that now we're going to try to fight uh, to keep her school uh, so that we don't lose that in 18 months. Uh, but anyway, so uh, that's uh, down the pike as well. So uh, we're looking forward. Of course, we will uh, be, you know, talking about current events as we do on the show. Uh, we hope to have Mike back on as well to talk about the subject he's talking about. But I will have to end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So take care, folks. We'll see you next week, or we'll see you on Facebook. And good night. Good night. Mm-hmm.